Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How does it offer a free beer sound? It sounds good to me, and as loyal listeners of the show, we'd like to reward you with just that, free beer. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you've got the opportunity to sip eight free exclusive craft beers from around the world. All you've got to do is go to www.beer52.com slash kosh and cover just the £4.95 for postage. Once more, under the kosh listeners, get two extra free beers, so that's a total of ten. 10 free beers. And for those of you who don't already know, Beer 52 are beer pioneers. Oh, yes, they travel the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. Oh, no surprise then that they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland, and many more, but they've not forgot the roots. Oh, no. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is they don't hold you to ransom. There's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. So you can sign up today and get your first box sent out next day delivery and it'll contain some scrumptious beers from Korea. Hey, oh, the legion number, eh? Don't mind if I do. But it don't end there. Oh, no. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, the case will also include the award-winning, bit like me, in case you didn't know, craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you receive. And there's also a cheeky little snack thrown in. How about that? Just to top it off. Don't like dark beers? Fear not. You can tailor the box to your preference. You can also rate and review all the beers you've collected on the Beer 52 website. T's and C's do apply. Only one per household. New customers only. Part of a monthly subscription with no minimum commitment. If you choose to stay, you'll be delivered eight craft beers, ferment magazine and a snack with free delivery for just £24. Full terms at beer52.com slash terms. How are we doing? Welcome back. How's it going, lads? Very well, you? Not like you to respond with a... Positive. Yeah. I'm, are you all right? I'm good, I'm good. Top yeah. of the world. Yeah, you really. You look good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you talking to me? <laughs> I'm like, I, I worked with you talking to me. I know, I'll be honest with you. I nearly choked on my Vimtool then. <laughs> what number are we on here now? 55, 54? 52, 50-ish. Let's call it 50-ish. 
We're over, we're over half century. We've lifted, yeah. we've lifted this bat up, haven't we? Bat up. You know yeah. what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but we need to kick on. We need to kick on to one. Kick on. Now. Are, are we picking mean? it up? Are we picking it up? Pick up the tempo. Yeah. I hope um, all the all the private members club members enjoyed the um, Ian Holloway. Members club club members. members. Private Members of the private no members club. There's too many members going on, isn't yeah, there? There's not enough many. members going on. Yeah, good. We need like we that. need some more. The lads who the people who sign up to Patreon. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it all the way. Decided. We'll just we'll go with that one, eh? Yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah, we'll go with that one. So yeah, thanks to everybody who signed up, supporting us up to date. It's uh, it's been great. Yeah, thank you very much. Much obliged. And if we got next week for the extra bonus episode, fuck knows. <laughs> we think we think oh we're fucking it off now we've got your money we're fuck off uh, we're in a Robbie Briggs we'll be, we'll be in Brazil next week very dumb uh, we're thinking Lee Clark oh yeah we've got Lee Clark coming on we've both played under him haven't we yes where oh, did you play under him he was assistant so I, he wasn't my manager but he was assistant at Norwich alright oh, good he fucked us off did he? Glenn Roder did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spoke to Dean. He had a word. Bought, yeah. He bought, had a word. He tried to sign us when he was at Birmingham. Did he? Was that after? After, yeah. Oh, so must so have been you must have made an impression. On yeah. and off the pitch. Yes. Mm-hmm. More off, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, was he? Is a, all right? Yeah, good. What's his, what's his Chris Brown like, Lee? Delia is fucking crap. <laughs> <being sold. laughs> I tell you what, by the way, have you seen the fines at Chelsea? I know. If they're right. 20,000 quid late for training. You wouldn't be late for that one, would you? Shit, well, I would be if I were in a crash or whatever, wouldn't I? <laughs> I can just imagine you're in the, in the changing rooms getting the flipboard out. Lads, <laughs> this, this is what happened. What are you thinking, Golo? <laughs> hey, do you think I'm guilty or what? <laughs> <laughs> I would need £300,000 a week getting fined 20 grand for, them, for that fine list if I were on £300,000 a week right you might, you might. I'd be having beans on toast in my car <laughs> I won't have an house I won't, I, I, won't be able to, I won't be able to go for a fillet steak anytime I would be fucking peppered £20,000 late for training man that's, that's that is me. scandalous that isn't it you're not going to be late are you I know but if, if you've got no choice that's some Christmas party they're having at mm. end do you know what I mean like I've just been like I've just been flooded right so if I were going to train, I wouldn't be able to get to train on Friday. I could not get out. Not, of my... not if you're always in charge. You got to have a, you got to have a bolt on your drive. Jesus for Christ! Every every occasion. Saying that, I did say though that he used to give Brett a, a snow day. Yeah, teacher's yeah. pet. Yeah, we've got a. I, I'm not on it, but this is on a like a community Facebook group. You know, like what, obviously for the, for the estate. For the estate, yeah. <laughs> so do you know, like when flooding came and that. Oh, I, I bet we're on fire. Right? I tickle myself. I, I said. Uh, I think I put something, well, she put it, I put something like, uh, quite pleased about these floods, I can use that speed button, my dad won on Bullseye in 1989, <laughs> it's the first time I've been able to use it. How did it go down? Did you get a few likes? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but I think the people were a bit pissed off because they put sarcastic comments because they were putting sandbags out the bottom of the fucking... <laughs> 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 they were putting... Oh, Julian Alfred, they were, right man, back. Honestly, they were, they were houses putting, taking the furniture upstairs, that's how bad it were. <laughs> And I'm fucking joking about my dad winning a speedboat on Bullseye <laughs> in 89. <laughs> so I'd, I'll, have to, I'll have to go to check how many likes it got. But honestly, yeah, fucking unbelievable. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to get to training. I, couldn't, I could not physically get out of my estate. What did you think of Sir Jeff? I think he was, uh, he was good, wasn't he? Very good. Yeah. He's really good. He top, top fella, isn't he? I, I knew he would be. I, re- I knew he would be. A man's man. 
Oh, yeah. aye. Proper yeah. man's man. I can imagine. He, I can imagine he could throw them fucking uh, bricks around the building site. <laughs> he, he wouldn't be out of place on that building site, would he? It just looks strong. Yeah. He just looks, strong, yeah. <laughs> he just looks a, a, absolutely. Do you think like, you look strong? I wouldn't look at you and go, oh, he's on the bench press. Oh no, no. Like I used to be like lifting cotton buds on bench press. <laughs> you did as well. You know what I mean? <laughs> I couldn't do press ups. I was like, you know, they gave the old tingling, like telling Mr. Rest my chin up at bar and all like that. I was, never, never any good in gym. Just couldn't do it. And when it started hurting, I just used to think, nah, it's not for me, this. How does it always get back to talking about him? I don't know. It's, it's, it's direct routine. Well, t- tell us about your week. What, you no. tweeted wrong this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, hold on a minute. You getting involved in a Twitter spat over Jeff? It wasn't a spat. It, it wasn't was. a spat, really. No. It, I didn't, I, I didn't re- see it. No, i tell I you what it was. Don't bother. <clears throat> he insulted us. Who did? Some guy said something about, you're out of order, and then he used this word. <laughs> did, you what, have what, get, what, did you have to get dictionary out? I didn't even bother. What word, <laughs> what word was it? it? And these three... It was psychopantic, maybe, or something. Well, yeah. I've never heard I'm going to look. I'm gonna, just bear with us, lads. <laughs> psychopantic? What on earth does psychopantic mean? Please send your answers on a postcard. <laughs> so John's John's taken over the admin and decided to go in on this fella. I didn't know. On, on about um, the I ex-Port Vale manager. And talk about unfortunate typos. <laughs> Jim Gammon. <laughs> And that that was a, that was a typo, but somebody thought I was taking the piss with that as well. Ga- Jim Gammon. Jim, Jim Gammon, Gammon yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice kid, just a bit salty. Have you be, have you been initial in these tweets? If you're going in on people, but you can always tell when it's in because of the um, stupid emojis that he uses. <laughs> the hands in, you know, that one with the hands in the air. <laughs> I, I do use the that one quite a bit. I'll just say I started cringe. Listen to this regarding Gannon. There are two sides to every story, but Horsfield's side makes him come across like a dick. The psychopantic presenters sniggering at every sentence <laughs> are also embarrassing. Oh. thing is, you, you always say, rise above it, lads. Don't get involved. And You've got to be able to take the stick. And then it's the first one and he's in. Yeah. Triggered. Behaving or done in an obscure way in order to gain advantage. Oh, so we're putting on the giggles. Right, no, I weren't. I thought the fucking story were hilarious. <laughs> Maybe we can get Jim on. I'm other side of the story. Yeah. yeah. But so he, so he's come for us to start with. So I, I, I thought I'll just, I'll just, like back us up. Just do it from your own account next time, mate. Don't bring us down, will you? No, we're all in it together, lads, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> like SAS. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so if you listen to this. When you see that emoji, you know it's big JP. Or if there's a typo. On the decks. I was probably thinking about what I'm in for my tea and I thought I'll just put a bit of gammon in. <laughs> yeah, so, he's, been, he's been through a lot though, hasn't he? Yeah. Forget about that. Yeah. And what he's doing now, mm. the charity work, and that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to everyone who signed up to the Patreon up to now. And if you haven't already, you can get over to www.patreon.com slash under the cosh. Running with a bang, didn't we? Ian yeah, Holloway. Yeah. yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Gone in with a bang. They're all good lads. So, all of them. All of them. Mm. Top notch. So you can sign up and get them two extra episodes a month. Job done. Ray Parler coming up soon as well. Eltham Club, London. £25 a ticket. That should be a cracker. Get on over to the Eventbrite. You get your tickets on there. When is it? The 14th of December. Good. But don't fret. We're not 
we're not just going for big hitters. We're, we're going to bring it back down a little bit, aren't we? Yeah. Because I think that's the people, what, what people like. We're going to fetch some of the, like the shite Cresswells and Westbys <laughs> and you know, shit like that. We're going to fetch some of them who nobody's heard of. And <laughs> <laughs> someone lets us down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll get, uh, we'll get the non-league lads on again. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. There's people in Bolton who say you deserve a knighthood, my friend. No, I've obviously left a good uh, impression with the Bolton fans scoring that goal to keep them up, but yeah, no, I shouldn't have to buy a pint at Bolton ever again. It's Keystone City. <laughs> There's a Bolton fan as well. Yep. This that, must be like almost McGinley-esque to you, is well, it? Well, almost. Almost. Yeah. That goal against Nottingham Forest. It's funny because about three games before that, I walked out the Bolton entrance after a game and a car full of lads went past shouting, Will Bram, you shit. <laughs> <laughs> High five him week after. Is that you? Yeah. Are you in that car? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, not this And one. then obviously, I kind of just looked like cheeky bastards and then uh, two weeks later, scored that goal. So yeah, it was mental. Fickle bastards, aren't they? Oh, yeah. fucking hell, yeah. They're Nearly didn't happen this, by the way. So I've, I've getting Will, uh, Albie's number from Ben Anik. So I didn't. We'd never met before. Had we so we no. got the obligatory small talk out the way on the text. Do you, oh, by the way, do you, do you sign off with Brownie? No, I don't know what I did actually. Yeah, I think, was it Brownie? Uh, well, yeah, I went Brownie. in with Brownie. Yeah. As if he's <laughs> that much of a fucking arrogant bastard, right? He thinks that everyone's going to know. There's two oh. Chris Browns, mate, and there's only one Brownie. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the one sings a bit. So then um, I've said to him, "Have you knocked the football on the head?" <laughs> he went. No, I played Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, and I scored a penalty at Old Trafford last week. <laughs> <laughs> I went, fuck me. Yeah, kill me. <laughs> you not the football on the head then? I said, I scored a slotted a penalty at Old Trafford. <laughs> so you're not, you're not following Rochdale at me? No. no. I'm out of touch. 40 year old and still going strong, mate. Yeah. Never thought, to be fair. Boys keep saying to me, like, what's keeping you going? I've been Vegas 14 years on the bounce, so it must be that keeping you Is that what it young. is? Fountain of youth. Well, well, yeah. No, I made, I made my debut at 18 at Stockport, and I thought, they say the average career is eight years and all that for a football, and I just thought at the time, if I can get to, like, the retirement age of 35, I'd be buzzing, but then it was 38, thinking, 20-year career, then I just, yeah, I just kept going, and I think if you've, if you've never had any pace, you can't lose it. Hey, hey, fucking <laughs> hell! Are you here to that? I, I'm uh, obviously. I mean, what is exactly the same, but uh, paceless. You give me stick for this, right? But thanks for coming on. By the way, we've not, actually, <laughs> we're not, we've not, we've not thanked you for coming yet. Yeah. But thank you very much for coming on. I'm oh. going straight in with it. I asked Spent only the same. Your, your barn is looking strong, mate. Yeah. Salt, Where'd you go for it? Salt and pepper. Basically, these are. Uh, it's a bit patchy if I take the salt and pepper out, but there's these <laughs> hair follicles in a little pot. Have you, have you come across it? I've not, that's one thing I've not needed to do. <laughs> I went to the, when I went to Bristol, I had a terrible barn after being at Palace and Norwich, and uh, I, I sat down in a chair where all the boys went, and I said, listen, mate, just make me look as least receding as you can. And he went, well, you need to go shorter than you've got it. And he goes, and don't worry, I've got some magic dust for you at the end. And I thought, so I just let him go ahead with it. And then he magic cut, dust? Yeah, so he cut my hair short, and he just got this pot out off the shelf. He was like... Not medium brown, aren't you? I just started shaking this stuff, and I was like, medium brown. So it's like a <laughs> bit of seasoning. It's like keratin, like hair follicles, and it just attaches to you. Like, shake it on, <laughs> brush it along the barnet, and then it just fills in the patches. So, 
Do you use it every day. Then? Magnetic. Yeah, yeah I can make like things, when yeah. I go away pre-season with the boys, and you're just knocking around the hotel every day. I'll just like I'll, I'll wake up, it's all over my pillow, dust the pillow, off. <laughs> <laughs> shake, shake, a, shake a bit more on, and uh, give it a bit, a bit of airspray to hold it in place, and job done. Yeah. Well, I say to the boys, I start the game looking like Drake, and I come off looking like Yap Stam after a few minutes. <laughs> Especially, Especially there's a breeze, like, bastard yeah. at Blackpool. You know, you, obviously you're sweating or it, it rains, does it not just stream down no, your face? No, it, it wouldn't never trickle because it is like powder, you just get a bit of residue along my hairline there, but I've done it on loads of like David Wheater at Bolton, I said, Wheats, you've got a bit of egg in the nest there, mate, I can help you out. There's all these managers now looking down from the stadium, and they're seeing your... Old spot getting bigger, mate. I said, you need to get a bit of that, mate. And then you look young, guys. So, Are you getting a cut from it or what? Nah, I should be, I should be getting be. at least three pots. I've got about tw- 25 lads on it so far. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Would it work with that? There's nothing, nothing, nothing worse, though, when you, like, if you come in like two, three, no down at half time and you look, look in the mirror and you barn, it's all missing because you've got a few edits. And you want to patch it up, but you can't be in the mirror like patching your hair up when you're 2 0 down. A gaffer walks in like but, Fans right, are going to be listening to this thing. And yeah. 3 0 down and you're bothered about your barn. Yeah. <laughs> but nah, it does, it does a job like so. Yeah. Without a shadow of it, best beard with that as well. Yeah, the beard's real. It is. Bit of just for men to keep the ginger and grey away. Oh, but yes. No, the beard. A few boys are like, oh, is that salt and pepper as well pulling on it? But no, the beard's real. Is this where we're at, lads? That's the hello bit done, isn't it? Yeah. Fucking L'Oreal bit. <laughs> Is that talking about football? You used to play a bit, now, you know. Still, sorry, still does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Started at 18, and like yeah. you said, still going at 40. Stockport County? Yeah, Stockport. Dave Jones was manager when I was YTS. And then uh, Gary Megson took over from him when Dave Jones went to Southampton. Give me my debut. I was a Man City fan. I had a season ticket there for nine years from the age of like seven to 16. I was actually at City under 15s, under 16s, and they released me. So I used to uh, start a season ticket. I used to play for Stockport's youth team on a Saturday morning, go and watch City in the afternoon. And then Gary Megson took over, knew I was a City fan, knew how keen I was. And we sold Alan Armstrong to Middlesbrough. I don't remember the striker. Sold him for about 1.5 million, I think. And then Gary Megson was like, listen, I know you're a City fan. Uh, I know they release you and all that. You've got a season ticket. I'm going to give you a debut against them this Saturday. So I was like, fucking hell. I still had a season ticket there. So I had to give it away to my mum and my nan. While I went and played on the when pitch, and I went, oh, I was like home and away, like Aston Villa away, getting the bus windows smashed. I was proper diehard, so <laughs> it was like it was, it was Sean Golter's home debut. So it was like Grand National Day, '98, April '98, and it was like the team was like Juve Rosler, Richard Edgill, Richard Jobson, all them boys, and I was warming up on the pitch, just in all like looking across, like at them warming up while I was meant to be warming up, and it was just the maddest feeling ever to go and play there. It's mad to put you in that situation. Yeah. It's good well, for him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, no, it was classic. Sink or swim. Do you feel and like he won a, won a competition? Yeah, because like, I'd been going for nine years with my granddad and my nan, like, so it was just mental. And, uh, but you couldn't wait to tell them, because you, when you got yeah. home and heard the news of like, your mates. I had about 35 families spread around Main Road at the time, and yeah, f- f- Goaters. Goaters scored after five minutes and the whole stadium, like 32 fouls. It's the season they went down to League One, do you know, when City went down to League mm. One. And it was uh, so it was a bit of a derby as well for Stockport, obviously, City. And uh, five minutes in, Goater scores on his home debut. The whole stadium singing Blue Moon. I'm nearly joining in like... Just topping. And then straight from the kickoff, we've just done the old-fashioned kickoff where you lay it back to midfield or out to the winger and Colin Woodthorpe's gone up for a bit of a header it's broke back into his path just whipped it in and I've just like left foot volleyed it in literally in the six minute like a minute later after Goat's goal and the whole stadium has just gone from 
been singing Blue Moon so it's quiet and then you've heard about 1500 Stockport fans at the other end of the ground just and it was my mum's got the still pictures in her house of me running off and I don't know what to do it's my first goal I'm just <laughs> like and everyone's jumping on me like because they're buzzing for me but it ended up like it's in the back in the days when you had like three subs on the bench so we had, we didn't have a sub keeper Eric Nixon got stretched off Brett Angel had to go and goal I was up front on my own and we ended up getting beat 4-1 it was in all the papers like Aaron's dream because City yeah. won but I scored and, but yeah <laughs> you scored mad, on was, your debut yeah it was a bad way to start a career like but yeah class yeah. what were you did you say 18 yeah it's class that like were you good with your Megson yeah he was, was he was he was like he was strict and he used to like he'd hate if anyone's phone rang scared on the bus yeah he was I was scared of him to be fair but he gave me he actually said to me when he gave me a pro that Dave Jones he said <clears> when I took over from Dave Jones he said usually when a manager leaves it's a good takeover what's happened because Dave Jones has gone on to a better job so they give the new manager quite, quite a good takeover and he said he's never even mentioned you why is he not mentioned you to me and I said I don't know and he said I'll tell you I want to take you Southampton but if you go there you'll be stuck in there reses till you're 22, 23 you won't play any first team football he's like look what's ahead of you here like get concentrate on getting this team so he gave me a three year pro there and then and then like got me straight in the first Was team Was that after the that before yeah, the Man this City This was game. before the City one, yeah. And then he gave me my debut and after scoring that goal and doing well, he gave me a new four year and proper looked after me to be fair, but I was scared of him. He was like <laughs> We've spoken about him quite a few times. I mean Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he'd be like, me. No, when you see someone you think, Would I like him or would I not like him? Yeah. Well, actually, people speak well of him though. He's actually yeah. quite a funny guy. Mm. He's a he's a funny guy, but I think same as I can't remember what it all spoke about him, he just said he's got this switch where he just fucking goes yeah. ballistic. Yeah. Well, I was a bit, I was a bit of a like sixteen. Like my dad died at sixteen. I was a bit of a used it as a bit of an excuse to get into trouble. So sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, I was a bit of a scally, and I got into a few fights around Upsford and that. And um, I had one scrap, got arrested for it and stuff. Charged, didn't tell the club, kept it quiet. I had another one this time. They're like, right, we're gonna have to uh, do something about this. This is your second one, and if you got got arrested for it again charged got a fine but I'd not told Stockport the whole time so a young lad trying to keep it so, uh, keep to himself and this time they put me on a, a curfew nine o'clock so I'm, unless some solicitor at the time was like but he's a footballer he's out, he'll have like games games on a Tuesday night so they were like unless involved with Stockport County you have to be in before nine o'clock so I'd be in the pub with my mates at five to nine and then sprinting across the mooring <laughs> but I kept it all quiet for, obviously I had to tell them about the curfew one so all the first I was all the older lads, Mike Flynn and all that, were calling me Cinderella because I had to be in by nine any nights out. I had to disappear <laughs> at nine. And then while I was on that, got in another fight. So this time they put me in a bail hostel in Ellesmere Port. So okay. I had to be in this bail hostel in Ellesmere Port between 11 p.m. and 6 a.m. residing there every morning. I was still like YTS at this stage. So I was getting a train from like Ellesmere Port to Chester track, and back, trying to get into Stockport to do my YTS jobs for like 9am. So I was leaving at half five in the morning. Is I'm it still train. under wraps? Still under wraps, Why not you? told anyone. Like, So I might be wrong with the, the curfew, might have been after the bail hostel to be fair, because when it got to the curfew, I had to tell them, but uh, it was only for about a week in the, in the bail hostel, but I was in there with all these like druggies and like nutters and I was playing pool with them. Like, and they're all asking, oh, you're a footballer, mate? Yeah, and I could just see they were all wrong'uns. And then I was playing pool with this lad 
and they all ran in and just took the pool balls off the table and started putting them in socks and ran out to have a fight with another bailer stood there around the corner or something I was just like stood there thinking <laughs> need to get out of here need to sort my head out kind of thing and <laughs> did do I was, yeah. o- I was only in yeah, there like, I was I only in there 10 days one. but it, I was it, about to put that black <laughs> <laughs> I was in there 10 days but it woke me up and I thought what am I doing and like my dad had passed away and I'd gone on a bit of a downward spiral and then I got because it'd been an f- accumulation of free fights I actually got community service for it but still kept it quiet and then Gary Megson I was we were all stretching in the circle after the warm-up and Gary Megson walked around and he went Tony Ellis you're a Salford lad rough lad and that you ever had any community service and I just looked thinking fuck he knows and then Tony Ellis has gone thinking why is he coming for me it's like no what are you on about Gaffer? he's like, oh no just wondering Chrissy Chrissy Byrne you're, you're from Moss Side you're a, you're a rough lad like you had her own community service and I'm just like sinking into the ground thinking, oh my God. And <laughs> then he just went, because one of our young lads has had three fights, been in a bail hostel, been on a curfew, decided not to tell his football club, he pays his wages. He's like, come and see me after training. So for the whole training session, I was a nervous wreck. Just like, oh my God, he's going to kill me. But to be fair to him, he got me in. He's like, why have you kept all this to yourself? You should have told us straight away. We could have helped you. Yeah. So after that, he kind of got, he got me in. He's, got me staying in the hotel on home games and just making sure and I was to be fair I was fine it taught me a lesson having that close things happen to me I was like what am I doing like and so he was good with me in that respect but yeah that that kind of woke me up but he was he was good with me gave me my first year pro and contracts and got me in the first team at an early age and yeah I liked him, but he, w- he was scary mm. like I think he's half looking after the club you know he's uh, giving you a four-year pro yeah he'll know that Southampton maybe yeah. would have come in for you. Yeah, Give, get him on a four-year contract, and that means they'll have to pay him off for you anyway. Exactly. For him. Yeah, but fair play. I mean, obviously we we had dying. It, yeah, understandable, and I'm and I can imagine from his point of view, he he probably thought he probably understood why you were going through yeah. or having all these scraps yeah. and everything. I think if it just been someone who who were just a wrong in, in general, yeah, maybe the club might have thought. Nah, we we better off yeah. just getting this fucker out, out, out of the club. Nah, and he was he was good. He met with my mum and stuff, and like had a chat. And no, nah, he, he was good. And after after that, I think when he he left, I think they gave the job to like Andy Kilner, who's just an under 16s manager from the academy. He come in. He went bad to be fair. Played me, and I, it was a good Stockport team back then. I think we finished eighth in the championship that season yeah. with Gary Megson. And when you look where they are now, it's mad. Yeah, yeah, forget that how good they were doing. How they good? Yeah. yeah. So but before we go any further, did you win the three fights? Or <laughs> <laughs> obviously, <laughs> uh, but no. That, when I look back to them day, and there was a lot of older pros at the time, like Colin Woodforth, who's just been assistant manager at Fylde with Dave Challenger, who's just been sacked. To be fair, but Cole was really good with me, like talking to because I, I hadn't had a good upbringing. To be fair, my dad was in and out of prison and stuff, and my mum liked to drink and stuff. And but they. The old I I learnt from football how to be really football taught me how to behave how to speak to people. Do you know what I mean? And I I managed to get my kind of upbringing through football through being at Stockport for them eight years, and mm-hmm. it taught me how to go on after that. Really, as a person but, as well as a yeah, footballer. Just, yeah. yeah, and I reckon I I got most of my <laughs> values and stuff from people in football, and that's kind of I know it's the old cliche that football saved me, but it probably did looking back at it yeah. now. I'd Carton Palmer coming after that as yeah, manager. That was chaos just, then, wasn't it? Yeah, but he was the funniest guy. Like, he he just should have been one of the lads, not the manager, because he just he was he was he was actually not bad. But 
we'd win we'd win two games on the bounce and then he'd, he'd watch Brazil play some formation or something he'd come in and go I watched Brazil last night we're going to do this and he'd change everything and we're like just keep it the same Gaffer but he just he got too excited but were he player manager he was well? player manager he'd play himself and he was banned from he was banned from driving for drinking so we had a guy bringing him in a Bentley every day he stunk a booze every, like, every day but he was at the front of the running because he was fit as one yeah. and he, he was losing his legs a bit and that's what he was known for yeah, when he was like, running like but an errand taking off weren't he <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's hard this time, and a heron taking yeah. off, just whoop, whoop. Yeah, and he, but he was class. Like he was, his comments, like the big time banter, like was so. Like I remember one of the first meetings when we lost a couple of games, and he come and he went, "Fucking hell, what? What are you fuckers on? One two grand a week? Lost more room for the bus." <laughs> and I was thinking, this is a gaffer like saying this, and he's like, he's he's after training one day, like Stockport's training ground, want the best and. So a few of us got in the car after training in our training kit and we were just going to go to the local gym that we allowed in for a jacuzzi and a steam and that's young lads. Yeah. And he's seen three or four of us getting in this car still in our training kit. So it's a gaffer and he's thinking, what are they up to? So he's like, oi, what are you fuckers up to? I said, oh, we're just going uh, to the gym gaffer for a jacuzzi. And he goes, you going gym for a jacuzzi? You not got one in your house? Probably <laughs> <laughs> like, come standard these days. Like, he, he, he always had that banter. And he'd, had, he'd had the lads in stitches all the time. I remember... Uh, 442 magazine done an interview with him and they said uh, what would you do if you won a million pound and he, they asked the same questions to different managers every week and most managers say put it towards my budget and try and sign Michael Owen or something like that and he just said straight back to the interview put it in the bank with the other three <laughs> and that, he, just, he, had, he had this banter all the time which the thing did, is you can't like, as a manager you can't really probably no. be like that can no. you no. Yeah, I mean, if it's one of the lads fair enough but yeah. when it's the manager yeah. he's doing it all yeah. do you think he struggled for separate yeah, because he was player manager as well, yeah. you see. So he still was in the changing room with the boys. And I remember once, remember Kev Richardson, yeah, who was, was Arsenal with yeah. a big tash and that. He was his assistant and uh, he was watching training one day and I think it was like free all or something. And Rico shouted, right, next goal wins. His young Irish striker up against the gaffer, I can't palm at the time, John Daly. And he kind of turned the gaffer inside out and scored the winning goal. So then Rico blew the whistle, stop, everyone's stretching. And Rico walked past and goes, fucking hell, gaffer. You got turned inside out by a young John there, didn't you? He goes, yeah, I did Rico, but I didn't in the new count when I'm at Ronaldo at the game. He, <laughs> just, he had an answer for everything. And I, and I loved him. All the boys loved him, but it was just, it was never going to work. It was just yeah. the fans, he would, he'd play centre-back and he'd be trying Cruyff to <laughs> his own box and the fans got on him a lot. And it was just, it was just never going to work. But the little things, little comments I'll always remember. And when I still meet up with some of the Stockport boys, you just laugh about it. He was class. He's still at it now, by the way. You got him on Twitter? No. He's always away with it. He wears these ridiculous gear with a, like loud socks and Christian Laboot on trainers and all that, sipping a porn star martini. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds like he's about a 50-year-old, man. He loves the like, uh, designer make and stuff. Like, <laughs> he took us to Dublin off his head he loved Dublin just loved Guinness and he said the Irish boy Irish birds loved him and all this and I remember he, all the directors with us and the chairman and as the plane landed and we're still on the tarmac still landing he stood up and just turned around to the boys and went showtime <laughs> and the plane and all the aerostasses were telling him to sit down and, that, and he was like last one in the bar like Guinness in her hand and he, he loved his class I, I loved him and the result like we, like I say the fans got on him and I think Brendan Elwood the chairman at the time was his neighbour in Sheffield so he'd probably walk in the dog getting into Brendan go oh, give me a go I'll do a good job for you. And I think Brendan Elwood was in the middle of thinking about selling the club he ended up selling it to Sale Sharks in the end but I think he just gave him a go at it and 
didn't work out. Well, it didn't really work out, but it was great memories for the boys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like some guy, doesn't it? Yeah. Some guy. He was classy. But... <laughs> I remember when I was at when I was at Palace, Mark Bright's there as like an ambassador, and he played with him at Chef Wednesday. And he he, he said he was the same as a player. He said they all they had they had a good Tuesday club there with like Chris Waddle, Mark Bright, Carlton Palmer. And he said they were the same. Carton Palmer would always be in charge of sorting the nightclubs on a Tuesday and stuff, and they'd get they'd get out of these taxis. And a few of the boys were a bit wary about bowling up to the bouncers, so they'd wait for Carton's taxi to arrive and let him do it. So as Carton Palmer walked all the Chef Wednesday boys to the front of the queue, so all these like punters in the queue try, like waiting. Oi, Carton Palmer, where the fuck you think you're going? Like this lad shouts to him. Mark Bright said Palmer just turned around and went. Somewhere you're not, son. The VIP just carried on walking, and he just—he must have just been like that as a player as well. But he took where you're not. He, he took—he took that into his uh, management, and he was—he was one of the boys. Like he's, but he was—I liked him. He was class. Relegation winning though, wasn't it? Yeah. Like eleven games straight without a win. Yeah. So you're gonna get—you're gonna be getting some stick, yeah. out, you know, about how much swagger you've got. Yeah, and he just—he decided to just give people a go who were like. Probably not the best talented, but they were working hard for this. I remember I'd had a backup at the time, so I missed the second half of the season. But he was giving lads a go who deserved it, to be fair. And he went down in a fight. But yeah, the relegation that season ended up. Did you leave yeah. straight after relegation? Or no, Sammy McElroy took over then. And then I think it was, uh, or he took over towards the end of that season, Sammy McElroy. And then it was the pre-season of the next pre-season that I ended up going to Hull. So they'd just come up from League Two, Hull. Right. With, and Nick, I signed at the same time as Nick Barnby, yeah. Johnny Walters, them boys. And what year were you at all? Might have been because I wasn't there. Two thousand and six, maybe. Right. How long were you there? I only stayed a season, and then I went. And t- I had two years, but I only stayed a year. I ended up moving to MK. We got promoted that year to the champ. Yeah. I think I only started about twelve, thirteen games, but. He said, like Peter Taylor said to me, "Listen, Albie, you can stay and fight for your place." But we had, like, like I say, we had uh, Stuart Elliott scored a lot of goals that yeah. year from the wing. He used to shoot from anywhere, yeah. didn't he? But he was like, there was him, Delroy Facey, Johnny Walters, Nick Barnby, me, Ben Burgess, and Danny Olsop, the Australian lad. And I just thought, I need to be. Peter Taylor said, "You need to be playing." You're like 25 and yeah, yeah. MK. What? And I just thought, I'll make the transition and go to MK. Who were at MK? Danny Wilson. Danny Wilson, yeah. Danny Wilson signed me there. Um, didn't even play me to be fair. What were you like with uh, Chairman? Did you Pete Winkleman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I love Pete Winkleman. Spoke about him being a bit. Yeah, he's a bit eccentric, bit, bit like seems a bit weird and eccentric when you meet him, but he's proper nice guy. Like probably a bit too nice to be fair. I think wasn't he one of the only people that Leon spoke well about? By the way. Yeah, Leon Knight. Yeah, I, I was there with Knighty as well. So yeah. yeah. What was he like to play with? Knighty's crackers. Just you just hear his laugh from when you walked in, you just hear him laughing at something and he's like like a lovable rogue and he's off he's off his head. I've heard him speak about the MK days when he was there and that and he's telling one side of the story a little bit like but no, but he's a good he's a good lad now. I've got him on Snapchat and he's crackers on there as well, but well, it makes wait, me what, I don't really want to speak too much about it because he might start fucking attacking you again. <laughs> but it, I don't know if I could have been in his dressing room. No, it, I think it just—I think it just fucking wound us up too yeah. much. Like he said, like he used to get like Keith Andrews. Used to, he used to get annoyed with him, and Keith was the captain and that. And but he's—if you take him with a pinch of salt, he's all right. Yeah. But he, he they is, seem like two opposite characters. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. and it was a good mix we had at MK to be fair. But yeah, now nah, he's—he's crackers. Like he's funny guy. Can I had a few managers there because I'd like. Danny Wilson, Martin Allen, Paul Ince, Di Matteo, 
It's had a few different managers. Martin Allen, absolutely crackers. I don't know if you've ever come across him. Yeah, stories Mad about Dog, him. they call him, but he was just I loved I loved Martin Allen, don't get me wrong, he was he's a good manager and he he he'd play this character like he was crackers, but he he was wise with what he did and I remember when it was the first round of the FA Cup, we had Staley Bridge Celtic away and he got all the staff over to this part of the training ground, all the youth team players, all the, the masses, the youth team manager, everyone over, all the playing squad and we stood and it was this hedge opposite us and it was about 20 foot wide and about 20 foot high and he said, lads, sometimes the first round of the FA Cup, you need to take a few bumps and scrapes to get through it. So he was with me tomorrow. And all the boys were like, yeah, yeah, with you, Gaff. And he goes, who's with me then? We're like, yeah, with you. And he went, well, fucking let's get through it then. And he just ran at this hedge as fast as he could. <laughs> dived in head first. Didn't even make an imprint in it. It was, 20, it was 20 foot wide. And then he started scrambling his way through. And we were all looking at each other. And then it took him about two and a half minutes to get through the hedge. And then we couldn't see where he'd gone because it was so high as well. So he ran all the way back around the other side. He come around, his face was full of blood. Dripping with blood, scratches. He went, come on then, all of you. So the youth, so that everyone had skins on and that started pulling it down, finding little roots for his hedge and everyone had to get through the hedge. He won the next day. <laughs> the day before the game? The day before the, the FA Cup first round. But he, he'd do mad <laughs> stuff like that. And he, uh, he come in after a game once and we'd been beat 2-0 and we're all sat there. And I'm like, no one wants, everyone's just a bit down. And he come and he goes, oh, fucking look at you all. All feeling sorry for yourself, aren't you? You're all feeling sorry for yourself. He goes, looks out the side, whistles his dog in. So his dog runs in, well, limps in. He's got a bandage down one leg, patch over its eye. If anyone's feeling fucking sorry for himself, should be Monty. Had a, <laughs> Monty. Had a, had a leg and eye operation yesterday. And look at her, she's full of beans. But you fuckers are sat there feeling sorry for yourself because of a football game. Fucking get showered and you just do stuff like that. And then you'd be trying not to laugh because you'd just been beaten that, but he'd, he'd have another, another time, 2 0 down at half time. There was this wine gum in the toilet, and it's it'd been there three months. This wine gum would every flush wouldn't go, just get everyone. I've seen that wine gum in the toilet, oh, it's disgusting. Lads would be shitting in there, just skid marks around this wine gum. Anyway, 2 0 down at half time. Come in, he said, Lads, you shouldn't be 2 0 down, you know you're playing well, and I'll tell you something, you come back in this game. I'll eat the wine gum. You know which one I'm talking about. I'll eat the wine gum. So we're all like, 2 0 down again, thinking, can we crack a smile? He was making jokes. Anyway, come back. I think we won 4 2 or 3 2. Walked in, we're all waiting, like, I think he'll do it, I think he'll do it. He just disappeared into the toilet. Weird bit of splashing about. Come out, out. What colour yeah. was it? Well, it was green. But we were like, uh, anyone else would say that. They're just blagging. They've, they've they took a wine gum in the pocket. I don't know with him. I think he could have done it. Because <laughs> he, he said he'll do it. I think he could have done it. Only him. Anyone else would say, no, they've took another green one. But he, he did. He did <laughs> stuff. If it was an orange one, I'd have left it. Did, green, yeah. red or black, I'd have done it. But yeah, he did He did stuff like that. I mean, he used, he used to do quite an annoying thing on an away game. He'd make us, uh, like on the morning of a game, you just want to chill, don't you? And he'd make us do go out to a field nearby and do set pieces on the morning of a game. Oh, no, no, no one liked doing it. And one day the bus broke down, couldn't so we couldn't sell the boys a buzzing. He goes, "We're still doing it. We're still doing it." So he just walked us out the hotel. It was like on a bypass. So there was these big roundabouts with a load of grass in the middle and a few trees. So he got us all in the middle of this roundabout. 
doing set, imagining set, without a ball, doing set pieces. So we'd have someone, at, had Lloyd Dyer out, and so all these cars are going around the roundabout. <laughs> and Lloyd, Lloyd Dyer's pretending to whip a ball in, and he's having a go at me and Sean, I'm on, I'm going, attack it then, attack it, like, it's fucking no ball. fucking buzzing way we're all having to run and pretend to head, and the cars are going past me, what the fuck? And he'd, just, he'd do stuff like that. Another time on a Saturday morning, he took us to this, field where we were meant to be doing it and there was an under 10s game going on there was a park there was bins and stuff and it's like a proper park and he go right that's all we're going to do today so we sent three lads over to the under 10s game said you're going to go do a bit of scouting over there he's like you four are going to go on the swings and slides over there you four are going to go and collect litter put it in that bin and he sent us off doing it and like so four lads are walking up to this under 10 game like watching this under 10 game and all the mums and dads are like no Jay, a few scouts there and like, <laughs> just, just lads being told they've got to go and watch these under 10 games for 10 minutes and he just he just doing mad stuff like on a Friday night in the hotel he'd take you in one of the function rooms and there'd be a wooden dance floor you know cut out for when they have weddings and stuff and he'd be like the pitch is like a dance floor lads when you get on it you've got to show me bits so we'd make everyone get on this dance floor and do like do a dance all the French lads and that but, oh, no. <laughs> and he'd, any he'd, dance yeah, you just had to get on for 30 like seconds step and overs. do a dance on your own uh, no a proper dance on your own are you one of them who, are you one of them on a night out who stands at the bar leaning just sipping your pint or do you get on the dance floor and get involved <laughs> what, I want to see what type of player you are because it's the same thing go on show me a dance and what did make, you go for I just, I try, I think I tried to do a moonwalk, but I couldn't do it. <laughs> lads, lads, are doing the lads are doing a caterpillar, just doing like anything, but he was, he was mental, but he was, he was good at like get, making you feel all together and just yeah. like, because he made you do daft stuff like that. He was class. He used to play, he used to play this song every morning on this pre-season trip in Devon. You'd get on and uh, he just, this, it was like a 70s or 80s song, I can't remember which one it was, and he'd, every morning he'd play and the lads are like knackered, fucking playing this song again for you. And anyway, Years later, seven years later, I was out with the missus in Manchester. It was about two, three in the morning. This song come on. Just fought a Martin Allen straight away. <laughs> I was a bit pissed and I thought, fuck it, I'm ringing him. It was like three, four in the morning. <laughs> so I rang him and uh, I think I left a message, Gaffer, it's the tune from Devon and all that, like singing on the phone. And when I woke up in the morning, I was like to the missus, fucking hell, what have I done? She's like, you need to apologise. You can't be ringing you one of your gaffers at four in the morning. So I've texted him and I've gone, Gaffer, sorry for the phone call last night and the voicemail. I said, just got a bit giddy because our tune come on from Devon. He goes, you didn't wake me up, son. I was on the dance floor. You can phone me anytime you want. And he was just like, <laughs> so he's a class guy and I love, I love Martin Allen. Like he was top, I like top him man. already. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak bad of no. him. No. Get him on the list. Get, yeah. him, on the he, list. get him on the list. He is nine. Yeah. He's class. And one, one of the best I've had at making me feel like, I think he was the one who made me think, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm a good player. Like he made me feel like 10 feet tall mm. and made me confident and stuff. And yeah. so when you signed at MK then, how long had they been up and running? So they, they were still in the hockey stadium when yeah. I went uh, and they were making the transition to go to stadium MK and it was going to be... That with Paul Ince? Yeah, so Paul, Paul Ince <laughs> took over. I know now he's hammered his breath and that. And he's <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I was, yeah. had a quick skim. It just said, Paul Ince, underneath breath, question mark. <laughs> to be fair, I never, I'm, I'm going to stick up for him. I never smelt that Did he had you know? breath. No, he, uh, I, fell out, I fell out with Ince once. Cause, um, That's not Leon of exaggerating, is it? <laughs> no, surely not. <laughs> Careful, man. Yeah, yeah, you'll be getting pelters again. <laughs> I fell out with Ince once. We, had a, we got to the JPT final at Wembley. Never played at Wembley, so I was buzzing for it. And I was like playing every game that season. I think I'd scored three and three going into the Wembley game. So you expect to play, don't you? Anyway, Carl Robinson was his assistant and Kev Gallon was playing for us and Kev Gallon was Carl Robinson's mate, like good mates. For, so 
I just got a feeling that week we went down to train like somewhere on the way to Wembley. We're there from the Thursday. The game was Sunday, and the, the gaffer couldn't look at me in the eye. I was walking past. Oh, him you and know, he, don't yeah, you? And I was yeah, thinking, yeah, fuck it, you know. And I was saying to Keith, because I room with Keith Andrew. I'm saying to Keith, I said, I've got a feeling you're not going to start me on Sunday. You know this game. And Keith's like, don't be daft, lad. You've played every game. Our top goal scorer. You're going to play. You won't do that. So I'm like, right, okay. Anyway, got to the day, and uh, he just left Ray Matthias in the dressing room. Him and Carl stayed out of the way. Who was Matthias? Ray, Ray Matthias was another coach, coach as well, yeah. I think he's working for the FA now, scouting and stuff. But he come in and just named the team, and he was looking at me a bit like... And Mark Wright, another lad who played on the wing, he'd scored 11 that season. So me and him were the top two goal scorers. Left us out, and we are playing Grimsby. No disrespect, we'd beat Grimsby twice already that season. He knew we were going to win. So it just came down to a bit of sentiment, and he played Kev Gallon. So I've gone out to warm up. Again, had a lot of family spread around. They're all like that, like... Why are you not playing? I was just lashing balls about his fuming and he only stuck me on for 13 minutes. And afterwards, we had a big party back at Stadium MK and it was all free bar and everyone's family were welcome and everyone was taking the missus over to introduce him to the gaffer. I just, fuck, I just pied him all night. I was fuming at him still. We'd won 2-0. Keith Andrews, Sean O'Hanlon scored, but he only brought me on for 13 minutes. That's what I was annoyed at as well. Could have given me half an hour as like top yeah, goal scorer yeah. of the season. Did, did he not say anything? Didn't say anything. See, that's a shitbag thing no. to, to, to not yeah. name, even name the team till the yeah. Sunday. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, you yeah. don't, you don't. To not do it yourself. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was just, I was just, and because at the time I'm thinking it could be the only time I play at Wembley. Do you know what I mean? And I deserved, I deserved to play. So anyway, I didn't take me missus over to meet him or my mum. I just left him, and then about two o'clock in the morning, he had a few beers, and he walked back. He walked past me. He was leaving with his missus and Tomins. His son at the time was about fifteen, and he walked past the back of me. I just didn't even look at him, and he said, "You're Albie." get ready for Friday, yeah, big game. We had Lincoln away on a Friday night, so he was like, letting me know I was going to be back in the team. I was just like, yeah, cheers, like, do you know what I mean? And then I didn't sulk. I ended up scoring another three and three either side of Wembley, so I scored like six and six either side of Wembley, but after, I just, it did me, I didn't that do it now. That had to fuck me off. It was funny because I got me up like six years later, I'm at Palace with Tom Ince, so now I'm playing with, with Ince's son. And there was rumours of Tom Ince going into Milan at the time, I don't know if you remember, like yeah. he was, and so he, he kind of came to Palace in the Prem for six months from the January to the season. And uh, in, in, like, in Tom Ince's and his dad's eyes, obviously, he wanted to come use Palace as a stepping stone for yeah. six months to go on to bigger things. So I remember Tony Pulis used to take the whole 25-man squad to like Newcastle away. So you'd have seven lads with head loss just sat in the stand. <laughs> he didn't give a fuck, did he? He didn't care. He did just, not he, care. He, he didn't care however much boys moaned about it. But... I remember being me and Tom Ince had been left out. There was me, Tom Ince, Barry Bannon, Jerome Thomas. And I'm sat with Tom Ince in the dugout at Newcastle. And his dad's ringing him. Why the fuck aren't you playing? Fucking hell, it's a joke, that one. And I can hear Ince going on. So I've let it go for a bit. And Tom Ince's like, yeah, I don't know, Dad. Like, so I've gone, let me speak to him. So he's got, Tom Ince has gone, oh, Albie wants to speak to your dad. So I've gone on the phone. And right, Ince, he goes, Albie, fucking joke. How's Tom not playing? Not even on the bench. Fucking joke. I've said, Gaffer, it's like what you did to me at Wembley, innit? <laughs> Managers have to make these decisions. <laughs> and I, oh, fuck off, I'll be still holding that one against me. But I got a little dig back about it. But, uh, we, were all, we were all right, and he was, he was good in sight, to be fair. Like, he, when he came in, we were in League Two, and we had a good team in, like, for League Two with Keith Andrews and everyone, like we say. But Keith was a good player. I mean, Keith left, Keith left Hull when I were at Hull because he was in, in the fat club. Right, yeah. So Keith was the, the front of all yeah. the running. But his fat count were fucking three percent more than, or two yeah. percent more than what it should be. And he's left. He's left the championship to league, as, as you said, League Two. Mm. Just said to Phil Parkinson, "Fuck you, I'm yeah. off." And I'm at the front every, of all the running. Yeah. I'm at the front of all the running, 
But you're making me do fat, fat fucking fat runs because mm. I'm 2% over what I should be, even though I'm at the front of the rest of the running. Yeah. And that Keith just went, fuck it, I'm off. And probably I think the best he w- thing he did, because yeah. he ended up going to Blackburn and that. And he, had, he, he ended up shredding after that, so he probably took it on board, but yeah, he did He did well to take a step down and then go back up again, and he got in the island team and all that. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 a funny-shaped body and all, any His ribs yeah. are funny-shaped ribs. Yeah. <laughs> what An- do you angry mean? Man, hey? Angry man Keith <laughs> yeah, as well, he's got a funny-shaped ribs? Funny, like, it, it, so he's... He's not happy unless they're covered in barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell, alright, Just got his massive rib cage and it just it was just a it just got an horrible body. You know what I mean? And that's probably yeah. rich coming from me, like, but <laughs> But going back to Martin Allen, one more story, because it's gotta to be told this one. He uh, he sorted out a Christmas do, uh, with all the girlfriends invited and it had to be fancy dress. And he I think he told everyone to come out the girls, everything got orders what to come out his fancy dress and turned up at this Italian restaurant and he stood outside I think he was dressed as like a monk or something he was mad, like welcoming everyone in and he was just crackers and all the girls were like wow could he just seem mental so we got into this Italian restaurant and in the middle of all these tables of 10 there's about six tables of 10 including all the staff and that and it was these like hard type polystyrene paper mashy bowls just bowls of them in the middle of the table and no one knew what they were for everyone was like what the fuck are they for like and then Gaffer stood up, Martin Allen, to do a speech and he kind of said, right, you might have seen the balls in the middle of the table, just something to break the ice. All right. And everyone's like, what do you mean? And he just started launching them all the tables. He's go on to, he called it Mario, the Italian hunter. Turn the lights off then. So everyone was just, the lights went off and you could just make out and people were just had it and they were, they were hard like they were hurt. And the, the girls are there, they're bouncing off, the, all the girls are like, trying to, and he just, it went on for about three, four minutes in the dark and then the lights come back on. And Isla McLeod's missus is all old in her head. And there's a bit of blood in that and she's crying. And she was a bit mouthy, Isla's missus, Laura. A bit opinionated. No one really liked her at the time. <laughs> and someone had threw a fucking salt and pepper shaker at her. <laughs> someone must have thought, here's my chance. But sure. just, yeah. So he's gone from thinking it'll be an icebreaker. One of the girls is bleeding. Ed like But Ed breaker, yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> They were, they were hard enough, these, but I don't know where he'd got them it, from. It was probably, probably Isley who thought, fuck it, I'm getting this in, mum. Flip from a yard. But back, looking back at I think the Italian man, I think he'd been told it was going to be, but when the lights come back on, he didn't like it. Like, it had gone out of control. Things were getting smashed and he was trying to calm everyone down. But it was just Martin Allen, just even when all the girls were there, he was just like getting everyone involved. And it was, was his missus there as well? Yeah. So yeah. I wonder what she's yeah. thinking. Yeah. But she's one of the best ever. Yeah. 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 Well, girls are probably like, this is yeah, the Everyone's seen Laura crying and was like, oh, here she goes again. What sort of an owl kind of thing? And then when she moved out, a big lump and blood is like, oh, God, who <laughs> <laughs> threw this? <laughs> Salt and pepper shaker. Who threw this? That was class. <laughs> Jesus. Five seasons at MK Don. Did you, did you live there and yeah. enjoyed it? Little girl was born there, started nursery and school there. Yeah, enjoyed it. It's a mad place when you first go because it's all, it is. It's it's all out, grid. It's out of the yeah. way, isn't it? And it's all grid roads, so every road's either called a H1 or V1. It's horizontal and vertical. So it's like if you ask me where the stadium is in Milton Keynes, it's like H8, V4, something like that. And then you just You've drive lost along. You drive along. You're going to blow my fucking tank up here or what? <laughs> it is like battleships. But yeah, you just drive along the H8. It's a bit like America then. Like yeah. They've yeah. had a grid road. And there's never any traffic. So you're just flying over the roundabout. It's, it's good to be fair. It's a good play, up and coming, young kind of place to live. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Bit of me, that. Yeah. Huh? It's a bit of me. Bit of you. 
up and coming young. Great reference. <laughs> Mate, you're fucking getting on you. You need to realise you're fucking getting <laughs> on. Grow up. Is that we what you said? We both need to make like, No, grow up. I had a good relationship with the fans. I mean, one story which always tickles me. I was in Morrison's doing a bit of shopping one day. And I walked past the edge of the checkouts just on my way I out. I heard you more as a waitress, man, I'll be honest. No, well, back To be then, fair, though, no. Morrison's do do some nice shirts. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some nice gear in Morrison, bless him. So, uh, so I'm, I'm walking past the back of the checkouts and this lad's serving someone and he's just turned and gone, Aaron Wilbraham. As I've looked, he gone, legend. So I've just kind of felt a bit embarrassed, just started it like, nodded. What carried on walking, gone on to the missus. Like, some lads just shouted about dead loud. I was a bit embarrassed and a bit like <laughs> overcome by it. A bit it. took her like, back. Yeah. So, anyway, about four or five days later, one of the lads comes in, one of the players at MK, Gareth Ed's Aussie lad. He's gone, Have you seen that MK fan who works in Morrison's? He said he called you a legend last week. I said, Yeah, yeah, he did. He said, Yeah, he said that you said back. Yeah, I know I am. I said, I fucking never said that. I was all embarrassed and quite taken back by it. Little bastard telling everyone that I've said I know I am. <laughs> he goes, Yeah, he was proper waffling on saying you just turned and went, Yeah, I know I am. And I was thinking, I'll have him, man. You need to remember what he looks like anyway. You got that, that, you got that fucking Carlton Palmer, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> but that ain't me, do you know what I mean? So I was like, like, they have to add a bit of spice on sometimes, fans, don't they? And like change it up. Anyway, a couple of months after, my missus has gone in with my little one, and my little one's got her MK Don shirt on from Wembley. So she's getting served by this guy. And he goes, oh, I'm Kay Don's fan. So my missus is putting, she doesn't want to say, oh, well, my husband plays. She, she's just gone, yeah, yeah, like just putting the stuff in the bag. And he's going, oh, we have Aaron Wilbram coming here. So she's gone, oh, yeah. And he's gone, yeah. And he walked past the back of the checkouts once. And I've said to him, Aaron Wilbram, legend. And he's gone, I know I am. And my missus has gone, he didn't know, did he? And he's gone, you what? She's gone, I'm his wife. And that day when he said it to him, he was quite taken aback and humble <laughs> when he said it. But ever since, you've been fucking telling lies to make friends. <laughs> you? Keep your mouth shut and this is kind of giving him, do you know what I mean? But it's just funny how like the karma come back to bite him. He told it one too many times to the wrong person, but she put him in a, uh, his place, bless her. <laughs> must have some life. Like, that'll be the highlight of his day, telling yeah. lies. Yeah. Did but you want to leave? Well, to be fair, I, was, I think I was three goals off being the all-time scorer. I think I was on 57. I think 60 was the record for like all-time scorer. There. So I was like, I wasn't obviously going to stay because of that, but I was like, oh, yeah. I would have been shamed. But obviously when Norwich come in, at thir- I was 31, always played champ, mostly League 1 and League 2. So for Norwich to come in at the time, Paul Lambert, I think, Parky, you'll know this, if you score against the manager a few times. Oh, happened me. That's why, that's why what, I said. Why have you just said Parky? Because you're too old. more goals than me. Who did you, you score what lots me? against? Um, I'll, get back, I'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, do a bit of research. <laughs> but that's, why, that's why I signed for Cardiff. I always should have scored against Cardiff. Yeah. Balls yeah. at that point in your career as well, you never thought there'd no. be a chance of playing in the Premier League. 31, do you think your career is going to start going downhill and to get that move and then to get promoted to the, the Prem was unbelievable. And then I probably came back in that pre-season of the Premier League season. I'd had a backup in March at Norwich as well when I first went there, which was a bit of a killer, but I'd come back and looked after myself through the summer. And I probably started that season as like seventh choice strike. He had Grant Holt, Simeon Jackson, Wes Houlihan was playing up there, Chrissy Martin, James Vaughan, Steve Morrison. So I was probably like seventh choice. And I just knew I had to graft to even get anywhere near the mm. squad. And for the first 
I think I was top goal scorer pre-season thinking I'm getting in his head I'm getting in his head and then for the first game against Wigan away I wasn't involved and I thought keep plugging away and then I think got a couple of injuries got in there and I think I, I think I was ended up being involved in 32 out of the 38 Prem games that season and Lambert just used to throw me on with 25 to go and because I'd never played Prem and always dreamed of it I just ran about like mm. a fucking madman yeah. and was and the, 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 I, I've never played it but the centre house are not used to no you as a yeah. player other and I found it actually people always say to me was it a lot harder to standard I actually found it easier because not saying goal scoring wise easier because it's a lot of cat and mouse and then a bit of magic opens teams up but I was running around just putting myself about against centre halves with probably 120 grand a week not wanting to get a cut and not wanting to get hurt and I was just expecting the physicality that I'd had in League 2, League 1 and just not and just being able to do what I want and get hold of the ball and lay it and move and, and then let you, sort of let, let, let you crack yeah. on with it really mm. I think when we played we played Tottenham that year and they had Bale, Modric uh, all those players playing Van der Vaart and we beat Tottenham 2-1 at, at White, uh, White Hart Lane when they were in the, play, uh, the Champions League places and me and Van der Vaart clashed heads with about three minutes to go so I had to go and get stitched up in Tottenham's dressing room. There's a little doctor's room on the side of it. And we beat him. And I heard Harry Redknapp come in going mad at him for getting beat by us. Getting beat by that shower of shit. Like hammering us because they were all superstars, William Gallas, everything. And they were getting battered. And then as I walked back through from getting stitched, I'd just seen about seven of their players with bags of ice everywhere. And we'd absolutely bullied them. <laughs> and I remember yes. Harry Redknapp come out in his match of the day. Interview. I can see him from Dad's army. Yeah. <laughs> But Harry Redknapp come out in his uh, match of the day interview that day and said, Holt and the other lad bullied us. He called the me other the other lad. lad. Didn't even <laughs> yeah. know I, was. I get that quite but often. But, <laughs> he's, but he said, yeah, Holt and the other lad bullied us. We couldn't cope with them. But yeah, it was that was a great win. And it was interesting because that was on Easter Monday. And he'd probably only give us a lot of game, Lambert, because the lads were tired from Saturday against Everton. He thought, I'm going to freshen it up for Tottenham we'll probably get beat anyway yeah it's a bit and of a then, fucking free kick mm. and we had Man City the next the next week on the Saturday and this was the Aguero season Aguero that goal yeah. so that it was that team with Tevez was returning from and they had everyone Yaya Torre so he had a decision to make then because we beat Tottenham away do we give these boys the chance against City now because they deserve it really yeah he never expected us to win so he did he, he kept the kept same team and obviously you, being a City fan did I got take you play. back like I know you're 31 now you're a lot older yeah. you're a lot wiser you've got a lot of games but you, you're in the Premier League against you know you, you're, yeah. you're in the big time against Man City oh. as they were then yeah completely different team that you well. supported yeah. it was just as a young lad yeah it was a dream like Zabaleta again still still went and watched them when I could and still support them still support them now um, and just to be playing against them that team was unbe- I, I still knew the kit man from when I was there as a kid chappy and I went in after the game and he gave me about seven shirts. He was just going through the skip, giving me shit. <laughs> and I remember Yaya, like, I, we'd just been beat. We got beat 6-1. I come off at 2-1. Do you know one of them? Like, I, I missed that. <laughs> I'm doing all right. The fucking yeah. shit, that shower of shit that he put on. I come, <laughs> off, I come off at 2-1 and he just went three, four, five, six, And I was like, oh, and Tevez done the golf swing celebrations when he battered not. And I was like, good time to come off. <laughs> but uh, I went in the change room after and all the like, where everyone was just sat there and the towels all chatting. And I just wandered in looking for would have got battered off Lambert if he knew I did this because I've just been beat and I'm yeah. fishing mm. for shirts but I wanted to sort my family out a few shirts and that and Chappie's gone oh come in Albie so he took me through to the shower room he's got this big skip and uh, he's offering me all these shirts I'm just like yeah and then Yaya Torres in the shower and he's seen Chappie give me his shirt and he's gone no no Chappie you don't give my shirt away and I'm thinking 
bit of a prick, right? Do you know what I mean? And he's going, you don't fucking do it. And Chappie's like, go on, he's a safe fan. He's used to be here and all that. Let him have it, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, you don't. And he's what? And I'm thinking, oh, this guy's a prick. Like, I fucking love you, yeah. And he's been, and then as he got closer, he's all angry. He went, hey, and he put his arm around me. He's like, I'm only messing. You can have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I give you my shirt. <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> what I'd have done in that situation, <clears throat> don't you? Yeah. I'd give you yeah, yeah, a little fucking <laughs> tug. <laughs> you know what I mean? If he's naked, he'd shout out him a little tug. But, uh, he'd look, look. The thing with Lambert, cool. like, you know, when you're saying you were seventh choice, yeah. he could put you in at any time, couldn't yeah. he? No. You could be in the freezer and like... Yeah. But he, he used, you've got no chance. He used, to, he used to make me feel like... Because Lambert used to say... If we get beaten, that and I'd come on for last ten, like I say, I'd be running east to go. Some of you cunts need to look at Wilbram. He's thirty-two, runs around like a four-year-old. Oh, he's Charlie's now. You think you'd mate? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And he knew I was out of contract that summer. The other boys had two and three years left. And he used me as an example. He just made me feel like... And I, He's Every brilliant. time I come important. out, yeah, I didn't want, yeah, important. Uh, I didn't, and he, he spoke about me in the press and like saying how important I was. He used to say it's when he was at Celtic that the group who aren't playing are more important than the group who are because the ones who are playing have got the shirts, they're happy, they're in the team. But the group who aren't, you've got to make sure they're all right and yeah, look after them and give important. them the same days off. And it's true. And I've yeah. been in situations <laughs> since where I'm like, these managers probably need to realise to look after the lads who aren't playing a bit more and stuff. But I, I loved Lambert. He was class. He's brilliant, man. And when he, at the end of that season, to be fair, he he felt, he got the Villa job. So he'd fell out with the board. Everyone knew he was going to Villa. And like I say, all the other lads had two and three years left on the deals and I was up. I was probably the only one who was up. And he said, I'll be like, I feel like I'm letting you down here because you're out of contract. I'm never going to get you a new one. You're nearly 33. Like they're not going to give you one. I know what they're like. I've, I'm going to Villa, and I feel like I'm. I said, Gaffer, you ain't letting me down. You've just given me my debut in the Prem. I've scored my hundredth career goal in the Prem. I've been involved in nearly every game. I was like, you'd have to apologise to me. He said, yeah, but he said, anyone who rings me about you, you know, what I'm going to say to tell them to ring me. Tell them to ring me. And within, I, I went back to the misses. I was upset. I was gutted that I was going to be leaving. We loved it down in Norwich, but I said to Debs like probably have to drop down to League One, League Two now, like take my medicine. I've had a couple of good years. And, yeah, and yeah. within a week, my agent had Brighton and Palace kind of bidding. And because Brighton and Palace, the rivalry, they thought they were quite... I was like, I could end up on all right. Don't worry about it. So, so do you think the fact that it were Brighton and yeah. Palace away it to each helped, other yeah. helped you out? I think it did. The fact that yeah. they were both being stubborn bastards about yeah. it. And I think... It, my agent was like, I want to get, hang up getting you three years at somewhere. Eh? Like, and, I'm like, and I was like, if you do, mate. And I, it was just like one of them. But because they, we'd finished 11th in the Prem with Norwich. So Paul Lambert was, everyone was looking up. So when like Gus Poyer and Dougie Friedman were ringing him for a reference on me and he loved me, like, and he just bigged me up so much that they wanted me even more. These two good managers wanting to get me ended up going Palace. And how it turned out that season, I didn't play a lot. Glenn Murray was on fire, scored 32 goals with Yannick Balassi and Wolf Sahari beside. But Muzza done his cruise shit in the first playoff game at the end of the season against Brighton. So I come on after like 30 minutes and played against... And at the start of that season, they'd been bidding for me. Mm. So 0-0 after the first leg. We've gone to the second leg. 
beat them 2-0 at Brighton Wolf Sahar scored two ended up going on to uh, the playoff final against Watford and going into the Prem again so after thinking 31 MK mm, yeah. probably Not going first that chance. Yeah. but going back to that Palace Brighton game we we arrived at the game for the second leg and Brighton Palace ate each other massive rivalry I think they'd smashed us 4-0 in the league early that season yeah. and when we were pelters at the bus when we were driving off the fans even though they beat us 4-0 you, yeah. you think it'd be alright but we turned up at the stadium and the smell in the changing rooms, it was like someone had shit. <laughs> it was like it had been smeared all over the shower, toilet areas. And it was all over the floor, just brown swirls. Where oh, so it, we haven't we just heard the toilet. toilet? No, it wasn't just like a turd, like sat there. It was brown <coughs> swirls all over the floor and the smell. So basically it's day three in Magaluf in yeah. your hotel room, isn't it? <laughs> so we, we heard, we, we've heard about this from yeah. Ian Holloway. Yeah. And... Uh, It'll be interesting then. It'll be interesting to see uh, so, the version. So no, Holloway went off his head because obviously we've we've arrived fired up anyway, and then the fact that we think someone's done this in the dressing room. Well, somebody has actually done yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, but he, you know, said, he said that he kicked. Like he said to go out on the pitch. Yeah, he said he right, did. lads, get away, get yeah. away from it. But everyone's like, what the fuck? Like everyone's the smell. It was it in the back of your throat. It was horrible and. So he sent us out and he demanded someone cleaned it and Gus Poye was coming apologising and I could see Gus Poye worried because he was thinking, this is going to fire them boys up. I could see, mm. he, he was he was unhappy about it, Gus Poye. And the boys were fuming and we, we went into that game like thinking, right, you fuckers doing that kind of thing, Someone, even if it was a member of staff or whatever. So we went into it, fired up and won 2 nil and knocked him out and afterwards it come out like, they were doing an internal investigation and then yeah. it wasn't until a few days later the kit man pulled me like pulled a few of us he's like yeah dude it fucking was they've done that so basically the bus driver had took the kit man to put the kit out they go early don't they they yeah. go an hour two hours before you so they they put the kit man had put the kit out and all that and the kit man had gone back on the bus and then the bus driver's gone back in to the ground the bus driver shit himself our bus driver shit himself actually mustn't have been made it to the toilet but the change rooms haven't really been done yet so there's no toilet rolls been put in there's nothing and he's shit himself so he's looking right he don't want to be embarrassed to go to anyone don't even think there's anyone about so he's used these blue hard paper towels that you get for drying your hands to try and clear it up with a bit of water and he's, he's panicking probably trying to do it quick, quick. and he's shit all, like he's the bus driver shit himself <laughs> and tried to clean it up with these blue paper towels so <laughs> like a red herring he's not told anyone because he's thinking he's done a good job of cleaning it up but we've walked in a couple of hours later when it's dried and st and like what the but not to be fair like no one was being sneaky like for us and Holloway and like defending everyone we didn't know as this. far as the, you we were, were concerned we were in the dark it was only the bus driver knew and I think when it all come out he probably felt bad and consoled with told him, someone fucking that was me I thought I'd cleared like but so he can't, he can't have thought he'd cleared it no, off. It's no. smeared on fucking walls. Well, it wasn't really on the walls. It was just the, all the floor. All on the floor tiles. The floor, and yeah. So the kit man told us and we were like, but by now the game had been gone. You have like a two week break before the final. So we were like, <laughs> we're now, solving like, mysteries tonight. Yeah, so not, I'm not going to like, so no, like it wasn't anyone from Palace pretend, oh, let's like, we've done it, but we'll pretend it was someone Brighton. We thought obviously yeah. the rivalry. So, and the bus driver kept it to himself. But then after we've won the final, like everyone's buzzing like we've got the trophy on the bus I've just because our bus driver's there like, and I've does, just, does the bus driver know that everybody knows or not no but I've just thought fuck it so I've all got beers and I've just stood up and I've gone 
our bus driver, he shits where he wants. <laughs> and everyone's gone, he shits where he wants. <laughs> and then Holloway stood up at the front like, oh, like he doesn't like it, do you know what I mean? But like that, and then it just got, everyone shut up, and it was like that. But yeah, that was what happened. And we can you imagine the internal no, investigation at Brighton where they're like, none of them are cracking. None yeah, of them are cracking. Yeah. They're not giving anybody up but, here. And like, from a, but I wanted obviously be, we didn't know like yeah. we and like we only found out maybe a week later, eight nine days later. And I spoke, I spoke to Will Buckley who was at Brighton at the time when I played him at Bolton since, and he knew he was like bus driver or something, wasn't it? Like so, the story had got round <laughs> football like it does. It's a village in it, but so yeah. you can see why he has, the bus driver hasn't said out because he'll be thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get so yeah. All, 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 all fans are talking about it as well when it gets out. So yeah, it turns out bus so. drivers had a bad madras. The, the clue would have been that the bus driver's got his shirt, his tie, his jacket, and a pair of fucking number eighteen shorts on <laughs> at, the, at the dressing room. <laughs> but he's obviously. But so he must have been bad to be able to not make the toilet in yeah, the first place. And oh, I've been there, I've been there. I've been there this morning. I took the dog, <laughs> took the dog for a walk this morning. Luckily, I text from toilet with me. I've had to have a shy time with dog this morning. <laughs> That's what I was saying before. He's the only man whose dog takes him for a shit in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. to be fair though, I, it actually worked out fucking brilliant for yeah. you, didn't it? No. On it like. if, it, if it spurred you all on to yeah. think, I tell you, oh, fuck yeah. these yeah. dirty bastards. Yeah, it did, but without us knowing, it did. But no, just like I say to, I went to, when I went to Palace, I think we were second favourites to go down. Why so did think, you choose Palace over Brighton? To be fair, Dougie Freeman came across a lot better, like, I don't think Gus Point, like when the first thing he said was, What's wrong with your back? I didn't like that. Yeah. I was like, No, wrong with I, no need. Like, I was under pressure. Straight away, like, yeah. straight away, your feelings, or you've, had, you've got to. Yeah. Uh, Dougie was a striker. I'd heard he's like, I don't know. And I knew a couple of lads at Palace, and the money was similar. Palace was a bit more, to be fair. And I was just trying to obviously look after myself, my family, having had a career lower down. And yeah. But then, to like I say, to go there, and they were like second favourites to go down. And to be fair, not be involved much that season, but able to step in like did the full 120 minutes at Wembley in the playoff final against yeah, Watford yeah. I could have scored that trick that day to be fair but uh, Kev Phillips come on scored the penalty extra time and go talk about um, sorry mate go about Holloway's man management is there anything you can think of that any examples he was just crackers like full of energy like do you think it's do you think it's killed him a little bit obviously we, we had him on last week you think it's sort of he don't get the credit that he he deserves for being a very good manager because of the bit class clowning. other side other side of what the persona that everybody gets of him. Yeah, no, I, I he thinks that as well because I was saying before, I think he tried to settle down and come across a bit more serious, but I think he's got to stay as he's always yeah, been. It's a good you thing though. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Good. It's to see somebody yeah. like that. And I think like he's got you got to stay true to yourself. If that's the type of character you are, then yeah. keep it like that. And uh, but yeah, about his man management, I don't I don't know. I I had a bit of a not I didn't fall out of him, but when when we got up, we got up with a squad like I say, who was second favourites to go down. So when the Premier League came around the next pre season, I started. I think I started the first game for Palace on Sky against Tottenham, nil nil. And then I think I was involved in a Sunderland on a Tuesday night. And then he had to name his uh, 25-man squad by the Thursday. So I think we had Tuesday, Wednesday off. And Wednesday was deadline day. So I was I went to Brighton for a couple of days with a missus and a little one. And I got a phone call off him saying, Hi, Albie, uh, you're not going to be in my 25-man Prem squad. And I was thinking, I've just started. 
and become on a sub drew one 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 so can you only can you only pick can you only use I, that 25 you can only have 25 yeah. yeah so i was like you're taking a piss gaffer and he was like nothing personal the, the chairman signed 15 players today shamak and guardio and all them came so i was like gaffer fucking played 120 minutes at Wembley two months ago I've started the first two Prem games and now I'm not even going to be in your 25 minutes if you're saying like you might not play a lot this season might yeah, get on yeah. the bench but yeah. you're saying I'm not even going to be in the 25 so I, I couldn't believe it mate it was devastated so I had to go in the next day and then you just know you're not going to be able to even be considered to play till he renames it in the January so I was a bit like so what's, what's, what's your actual thinking there I don't think it was down to him like because Holloway is loyal and he's like for the boys and all yeah. that and he's a proper man's man but I think Steve Parrish kind of went above his head and said we're having him we're having him and signed, it was down to the chairman signed a lot of players brought him in and Holloway didn't have I think like I say when I came in second favourites to go down I think Holloway was obviously taking the job knowing that as well and I think there was a thing in his contract I've heard that the chairman didn't have to give him a lot of money to get rid of him. So Holloway, I'm not saying he was like a puppet who just had to do as he was told, he got a but in a bullied. way, he got a little bit, he had to, and, but then that isn't him because then you had like me, Steve and Dobby, a lot of lads who were like, you've not stayed, you've not looked after the boys who got you there, Gaffer, what? Yeah. he didn't yeah. like that. So he was caught in, he's got back his dream of managing in the Prem again after being yeah. at Blackpool, but he doesn't like how it's come about because yeah. he's had to bin a load of lads and we're just there like. It's like he, he said he, he was in full control at, at Blackpool, yeah, and he 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 built that team and had yeah. full control and getting him in the Premier League. And this time, like you said, he want, he's tasted it. Yeah. He wants to get back in the Premier League, but now it's <clears throat> that control's taken away. See, my first thing yeah. when oh, and he's phoned me and said I'm not in the 25. I said, well, I'll I'll see you in two weeks, and I go and get on a fucking flight. Mm. Go and sit on beach. Fuck you, Ian. Well, at the time, <laughs> I had a I had a hip problem and I was due to go and see a a hip specialist, and. Uh, so I went in the next day and I said to the physio, oh, I don't think you're not taking me to see that hip specialist now I've been left out of the squad. And he's like, no, no, we'll still go. Got a duty of care to look after you. Like, of course, you're still a player, blah, blah, blah. So I went to the, but then Holloway was saying, Blackburn want you on loan. Blackburn, so now you're not wanted. You're out the 25. Yeah. They just want to get you sort of off the wage bill. And obviously the money had gone up through getting promoted and stuff. So my little girl was in school down there. I was like, I ain't going to Blackburn on loan I'm from up that way but my little girl's in school there and I've set out to be here for the year I'm not, not doing it yeah well the chairman wants you to go I said not bothered I'm like, not, not interested so my plan in my head was if I can't play till January anyway because I'm out of squad I'm going to get my hip done yeah. it needs doing while yeah, I've still got a contract yeah, enough, yeah, yeah so I went to this uh, specialist in London with a physio and the physio said to me, "Oh, when's your next?" Uh, the specialist said, "When's your next game?" So I said, "January." Like, it was like, it started September. <laughs> so he was like, "January." What? I said, "Well, been left out the squad, like being a <coughs> bit bitter." And he went, "Oh, we'll get you penciled in now." Then the physio was like, "Oh, well, wait, because we've got to check with the chairman." I said, "No, I have to check with the chairman. Like, I've just been told by a specialist that I need an op, and he's willing to pencil me in for next week. So we're getting it booked in." We're having, I'm having this fucking the operation. The specialist a bit in this room, like, uh, "I'll pencil you in. Get back to me." So I've walked to the tube station with a physio and I'm like, you pissed me off there, man, us, like Greek guy. And he's, he's like, why? I said, because like, I've been told I need a hip hop and you're just concerned about what the chairman's going to yeah. I don't care. I need it. I need an yeah. op. I'm, I've, I played 120 minutes at Wembley like two months ago. Started the first two Prem games. Not my fault. I'm now out the squad. And he was like, right, okay, okay. So then my agent, I, I went to meet um, Mrs. And, uh, in the Westfield Shopping Centre and my agent's ringing me saying that Steve Parrish has uh, texted him saying, your player's a disgrace. I want him gone immediately. So my agent's like, 
what? He's like, having a hip hop eye, he wouldn't have done this if he was in the squad, named in the squad, blah, blah, blah. So my agent's like, well, if you want him gone immediately, we'll have every penny is due and we'll go tomorrow. And he's like, like, fuck, he's getting every penny. He was getting a bit like, bit na- bit nasty. I, bit. I, was, I was annoyed at being called a disgrace because in my eyes, how I'd been that previous season, being great around the dressing room, organising things. Short memories, in it? And he, even since I'd been left out the squad and you had Shamak and everyone coming in, I was, even though I could have been bitter and I was telling them where to live, telling them where, what schools the kids could go. I was being helpful to the new lads, even though I could have been a bitter fucker sat in the mm. corner ignoring all the new lads. So, but what else are you supposed to do? Like, you're not bit, playing till yeah. Jan and I'd you need not. I'd have been that bitter bastard in the corner, mate. So <laughs> it, it annoyed me that I was getting called a disgrace off someone who I've just feel like I've been part of making him 120 million for that yeah. game and I'm getting called a disgrace and he might not have expected my agent to come back and tell me so I rang Mele Jedanek and Paddy McCarthy I was raging saying chairman calling me a disgrace and they were like they knew I was upset being left out of the squad anyway so I went in the next day pulled Holloway Jedanek and Paddy McCarthy as vice captain in the meeting and I was like Gaffer I'm not happy if he thinks I'm a disgrace I'll show him a fucking disgrace I, I can be a disgrace if he wants me to be like, and Holloway was like oh he's fell out with your agent over somewhere else. It's, you've got caught in the middle. I said, I don't care. I said, like, I need a hip operation, so I don't want to go to Blackburn, and then within two weeks, I can't play. Yeah, but you were going to play in the, the Prem if you were named, and I said, yeah, I'd have carried on with injections for the chance of playing the Premier League, but when I've just been binned to the side, I'm getting it mm. sorted, because obviously now, I'm on my way out. I've only got this season. I need to get it right for when I go somewhere else. Yeah. So I've got to look after myself like but, the club but, is doing. I mean, Holloway had obviously realised the situation. Mm. Yeah. And he's just half looking after the club yeah. for he, for it like to, to keep things smooth that end, isn't yeah. it? You know what I mean? Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He knows. It. It's like it's like when you when uh, if a club comes in for you and, and the club turns a bid down and you say, "Well, I'm not fucking playing," then and you start kicking balls and whatever in training. Yeah. The, the manager knows why you're doing it. He knows you're not a yeah. dickhead, yeah. really. Yeah. But you just got to understand that you've got to do the best you can for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is what you yeah. obviously were going to. You thought I'm going to move off. I'm gonna move on in maybe January. Yeah. I need to get mate right. Yeah. For another so nineteen be, so seasons fair. that you're fucking still playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the chairman come and met me about three weeks later and I'd had the op right on crutches and stuff. And he came and met me and he was like, Listen, I'll be apologies for the way that came across. The way I heard it didn't mind. He apologised and he said, Well, so what's your plan now? And I said, Well, I'll get myself fit and I'll go somewhere alone in January if need be. And he went, Right, I don't mind paying your wages until January. I was thinking, well, but then in the meantime Holloway got sacked in the October so it's like I think that's what he means about being in control like he didn't stay loyal to the boys he wanted to but he wanted a choice to went with all these new players the chairman probably had an influence on signing still got the sack so he's probably thinking I should have stayed loyal to the group who got me there yeah, mm. and then uh, Tony Pulis come in so I'm I'm then doing me rehab while Tony Pewitt and he's met me and stuff but he knows I'm out the squad and he's coming to the gym going he's doing a bike session going who's in these tunes and the boys are like oh Albie's and he's like oh, decent he's Albie and then <laughs> I, he just like he was a musician <laughs> and like as I'm doing me rehab outside a few finishing drills and he's watching and I can see him watching and thinking never know could get back in the squad in January like new gaffer and that and then he's just pulled me and said like listen Albie everyone loves you at the club speaks highly of you I'm looking around what we've got and I want you back involved in January. So he ended up putting me back in the 25-man squad. I didn't play a lot, to be fair, but it was good to be back involved. 
I think with a couple of lads who had signed on that deadline day with the chairman's choice hadn't really played so they went on loan so there was, yeah. a, there was like three or four spaces who brought a few in and put me back in so yeah I was back involved then and more importantly what was the what were the tunes that were playing what's Johnny what's Tony Pulis's uh, musical genre it was just like his... a house it was just like a house mix but yeah. he used to get on the bike every day after training and do a bit of a fat burn I think he just needed something a bit up tempo and he was just enjoying but there's something for everyone I didn't have him down as a man. Uh, yeah. I didn't have him down as a houseman yeah. no but if he's working out you know what I mean? He was he was scary, Tony Pulis. Though he didn't like. Yeah, I know. The, the boys thing is, scary. you you were his sort of player. Yeah. Right. What cost? Fucking go and bust your balls. Yeah. Bust your balls. Even if you and it's, I'm not talking about you. I'm not about any, any player that ever played for him. Even if you weren't the best player in the world, if you were a fucking seven out of ten and you run about and you did, he was more than happy with that. He yeah. could cope with that, and yeah. that's why he's. Is, I don't know why he ever fucking signed me, by the way. <laughs> but that's what—that's all he, he wanted from a player. Even yeah. if you weren't the most talented, just go out there, bust your balls, give everything you've got, and he, and he were fucking yeah. happy with that. But he had—he just had this fear factor, didn't he? Just like I don't know, he'd kill you. He'd take the whole twenty-five man squad to every away game, like I say. And I dressed up as him in Vegas once. <laughs> so what fucking Vanderette uh, everything cap cap well, what, mask. What? no one than a mask where it looks like the under person. armour cap I had, I, had the, I had the face mask made I think it was like 12 I got 12 of these masks just in case <laughs> they ripped in my bag on the way over or something anyway I got the kit man to do his full training ground outfit TP on everything initials <laughs> because I knew a few lads who come Vegas weren't meant to come like Barry Bannon might have had an injection he was meant to be letting it settle down so they were trying to keep it quiet so I had this full kit, wet jacket, hat, mask, everything in my luggage. Didn't tell anyone. And on the way over there, I'm dropping it in a bit. Do you know the gaffer's meant to be out in Vegas when we're there? And they're going, <laughs> I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying, no, I said, not even joking. The physio told me his brother-in-law's, it's his brother-in-law's 40th and they're all out here for a few days. I'm not even joking. So I've kept it dead serious because <laughs> I'm planning, I'm planning to come out as in one day dressed up at like a, a pool party or something. So, on the Saturday, I went to Wet Republic. So you've been there, mm. like two, three thousand people at this pool party. So I've, I've got this little night drawstring bag with all the stuff stashed in. <laughs> oh, so you've not actually gone in it? I've not told anyone. So I've gone in my pool gear and I've dropped it in a few days earlier that he's in Vegas, blah, blah, blah. So I've gone in the toilet in this cubicle and I've put the whole kit on hat, mask, wet jacket, TP, everything. And I've just. <laughs> I've got the like. I even had the, the kit man even give me his trainers and everything. I don't, I, like if you've seen me across a pool party, you're thinking Tony. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking done. So <laughs> I've walked out and full kit. But then mass, you can only see. You can't look down. And, and I want the face to look front on. So I'm, I don't want them to see it's a mass. So I'm tripping over people's drinks and all these Americans. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just walking along. And as I'm getting back towards our bed right at the side of the pool, I can see Barry Bannon's face in that and they're just shocked, like, what the... And I can see the anguish and, like, putting the drinks down and they actually thought he was there. <laughs> Jerome, he the Jerome, down, Jerome, shit, Jerome, Jerome Thomas, for, for, like, 15, 20 seconds, their face is, is like, he's fucking the gaffers in. Got, and I just, I got him, I could see it and I'm walking over and I, I told Paddy McCarthy, make sure you get me on the way back from the toilets, like, just get a video out. So he's like, what are you doing? I said, don't worry. So he'd got the reaction and then Barry Bannon started walking off. Fucking gaffer. So <laughs> as he, people must have said, it's not, it's Albie, it's Albie. He's turned around and he just looks and he, all the boys are just pissing himself. I had like 12 of these masks. So just 
dashed Dish them out. out. So like for, for the rest of the day, you just had these Americans with Tony Pulis and dancing, <laughs> going mad to all this electric house. Like, because they're somewhere in the world. His wet top was just floating. <laughs> at, on least were, like, <laughs> at least they were house music playing. <laughs> I could just see Barry Bannon like that with his vodka lime and soda and I'm yeah. thinking, Okay, it's Tony <laughs> I'm putting it under his chair like, as if fucking. Tremendous, but he man. had that scary like you would be scared if he turned up at the port saw. It just I remember just Barry Bannon, Dwight Gale's face when he first seen it was. He's a lovely guy, like yeah, he's a lovely guy. It's just a thought like if you'd seen him, you'd think he wouldn't wear that gear, sure, will he? Yeah. But he would, he won't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he, won't, he would not give a fuck. True. That's how, that's just how he is. <laughs> so that year you obviously So when did he come in then? So we come in October, October time. yeah. And I was obviously doing my rehab, put me back in for the Jan. Was you play. thinking I'm gonna go in Jan? Before yeah, I was I was thinking I, I was lining up yeah. like seeing if Blackburn's still interested because it was back home and stuff and yeah, I was just uh ready to go on loan. So to get Back involved, I was I was buzzing to be fair to be back involved, just feel part of it. We fin- I think we finished eleventh again in the Prem like Norwich did. So we had two one like we just went up and struggled, like we had two successful years and didn't play nowhere near as much as I did at Norwich, but still felt part of it and was involved and yeah, it was ledge. He's unbelievable though, isn't he Pulis, man, how he does it. Yeah. You know that the lads are gonna be in the changing room Kane and I'm saying this is shit, this is mm. shit. And the best thing about it is that he doesn't give a fuck. No, it sounds okay. like No, he doesn't. What were you like uh, international breaks? Didn't give you the didn't give you a lot of time. He gave us fuck. Yeah, he gave yeah. us fuck all. Yeah. We used to play on a Saturday, Sunday off, Monday, Tuesday in, Wednesday off, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning running his balls off. They used to do the thirty five second runs. Yeah. That, oh, oh that was oh. that, that was a Saturday morning. Ten of them <laughs> bastards. Yeah. Lads are fucking jetting off to Dubai and fucking yeah. wherever they're going. And I think that's one of the reasons why he took the full twenty five man squad to because he knew if he left seven behind at a weekend away when they're going away to Newcastle. Jerome Thomas, Barry Bannon, like Tom Inson, they'd just be off to Marbella for the weekend. So he just used to stop yeah. all that. Everyone's involved. I want everyone to be there. Christmas Day, I had everyone in an hotel the night before. And it was a home game and he made everyone stay in a hotel the night before and stuff. Uh, yeah. Did that with me uh, New Year's Day. But you couldn't argue with it. No one had dared uh, argue with it. it just, because he just I'm surprised, I'm surprised yeah. you didn't argue with him. Eh? I'm surprised you haven't. So were you involved New Year's Day? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, our, our wife at time, right? So I was like, New Year's Eve, he's got his dinner hotel, we've got an home game, right? Come down to hotel, uh, we'll have dinner and that, and then obviously stay over. I went in with fucking, I, I went in a room with Dom, Matteo, I think. So I'm like, so she's there, obviously the hotel's full, and I'm fucking got a single bed next to Dom, and wife's there. What do you do? What do, you, do? you know what I mean? Right. What you? You was in the hotel. Yeah, so she's in the hotel what, expecting to be in a double bed with me, and I have a fucking single bed next to Don Matteo. <laughs> so we have to push them together in three or three yeah. years. She had fucking some night lesson. <laughs> no. uh, luckily, luckily one of the lads had got a double room and swapped with me. But that's what I did. New Year's Eve, you're all in a hotel. Did, were you involved though the next day? Or yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. That's. What, I thought you meant. I thought you, you were one of the seven that's not going to be involved. Oh no, uh, never one of the seven. It were like, we didn't have seven then. You know what I mean? Mm. Because we obviously got a smaller squad. Yeah. But he just did not, he did not care what anybody thought of him. I pissed off our lads with, if you don't like it, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All the way up, Pulis. If you have to have one of them. <sighs> totally different characters. I don't know. But best fucking pals and all, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Totally different characters, but best Doesn't pals. Doesn't really separate those two, like. If you, have, totally if you have to have someone come in Rochdale tomorrow. Probably Holloway, yeah. Yeah. 
at this age I'm at now I can't <laughs> <laughs> I'm not putting up with that I'll, put, I'll tell you what we'll do we'll put uh, Holloway Pulis and Martin Allen yeah Martin Allen <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> crackers entertainment value all, all, all entertainment value to fair. I've had some good managers I think when I left when I left Palace that summer now I am 34 thinking right this is it now the final eight, eight, yeah and I'm just happy I'd, to get it a year here a year there yeah spoke to Coventry and Birmingham Lee Clark and that's just them two were interested went away to Dubai and Steve Cottrell was in the hotel in Dubai so walked past him in the the lounge bit shook his hand today Steve you're right because my mate Sam Baldock at the time was at Bristol so I knew I was like oh, Sam's manager Steve Cottrell said to the missus oh, hi Steve you're right he's like yeah good big man a couple of days later I was in the gym doing these leg weights and stuff and he was in there so he's like spoke to me a bit again he's like have you sorted anywhere out yet so I said oh no I had talks with Coventry talks with Birmingham but finalising it when I get back he's like alright oh, okay kept seeing him around the pool then he'd had a few beers in the lounge at night and he was like come and play and with me lad he said <laughs> yeah he said like would you come and have a chat with us so he was dead honest he said but I'll let you know now it'll only be a year he said the owners have been burnt in the past by signing all the players and have sat there injured picking the money so so he said to me uh It'll only be a year, but I'll put something in there. If you play a certain amount of games, appearances, you'll get another year. If you back yourself to do that, I said, yeah, well, I'll back myself to do that. He said, right, come. He said, I don't want to take up too much time on your holiday. I'd like, uh, have your good holiday and then come back and speak to us. But I didn't know. He told me since. He was checking every day if I'd been going in the gym. Knowing the hotel, you have to sign in the gym. So he'd been going checking. And I'd gone every day to be fair, being a bit of a busy bastard. But <laughs> that's the end of it for me. I'm done, mate. Anybody head. goes on holiday on, yeah. anybody goes to the gym on holiday. Oh, sure, yeah. In your head, are you <laughs> thinking, oh, he could be watching here? Well, because I'd seen him a couple of times and I was do, I'd was i been working with a, with a Palace. Fit, I'd give this young uh, fitness coach at Palace a bit of money during the summer because I was out of contract. I was like, can you work me during the summer? Like, and I paid him a bit. And he'd, he'd set me these sessions. So it was like quite a lot of leg weights and stuff. So I'd been doing stuff and I'd seen him spot me a couple of times in there. So I was thinking it does look good because he's seen me doing a bit. But then he t- told me at a later date he was checking every day if I'd signed in and when I had and stuff. And he is he is like, now I know what he's like as a gaffer. Did you knock like, it up a couple of ways when <laughs> yeah. you saw him coming in? Yeah. <laughs> but, put the pin up. Put yeah, the pin up. Pin up. So he I want to see him parking in the fucking gym. Book <laughs> out, fucking tell him. Not a fucking chance. <laughs> Jim's calf. Do we want to throw it in? Around the corner in Dubai. That bastard's at the bar again. <laughs> so I said, right, we'll get an house back where we're from because I'm a year off retirement age. They've only offered me a year. My little girls had five different primary schools. Settled down. Let's get her settled back in. She was year four, so she had year four, five and six before she'd go nice. I don't school. think people do realise that. that, by the way, yeah. as well. Yeah. You've, got, you've, got, mm. you've, got, you've got you've got to look after your family as yeah. well. And yeah. you, it, it is hard moving schools for kids and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, Making new friends and all that sort of stuff. She started, and that's I. that was one of the biggest things. Each time I was leaving these clubs, I was happy to be moving, being the new kid in the dressing room again, but to take my little girl away from friends she'd have yeah. been at when school somebody else to think about yeah. yeah it was horrible so I just wanted to get her settled because then it doesn't matter where when she'll be settled back home so it was more for that reason and because it only offered me a year I didn't want to she'd had a Milton Keynes accent Norwich accent <laughs> London accent her accent was all over the show didn't want to take her to Bristol get a Bristol accent as well <laughs> so, that's uh, the last one you fucking want isn't so, it so uh, no I, I, they gave me an apartment included I used to commute like go back after training on a Tuesday like you do Tuesday Wednesday at home fly back so were you, were you were you missus at the time happy just to get up there yeah, located mum, yeah. and like didn't mind you being away no most of the week no I think it saved our marriage to be fair <laughs> having a bit of a break <laughs> uh, but no that, that year was just 
like Steve Cottrell just backed me up massive like he proper believed in me ended up having my best goal scoring season 21 goals won league one he made me captain won the JPT at Wembley you so, came got, in. so got to play the game And I mean you're coming on fire scoring yeah. goals I scored on my debut at Sheffield away and got man of the match on Sky and it always helps doesn't it Always, you know, yeah. like if you, you debut at a new club, if you can score, it always it always helps. It just gets you up, up and running. Yeah, wasn't um, didn't Clarkie say the same about Cotrell? Didn't he say that he he played his best football under him? Under him, yeah. Mm-hmm. He made I him feel, feel like Clark Carlisle. Give him that belief. Yeah. yeah. Well, do you know? I heard a story about him. I always thought it was a dick. By the I'll way. be honest. A I lot did. of people have have uh, asked me and gone, "Ah, oh, I've heard he's," and I'm I'm like, "No, he's class. Like he's." And he's so intelligent with his tactics and stuff. You couldn't outfox him. And I can't believe he hasn't got a job at the moment, to be fair, because he went in with Harry Redknapp at Birmingham. And Harry Redknapp got a lot of credit for how Birmingham survived that season and stuff. But if you ask any of the Birmingham players season, it was all down to Steve Cottrell doing all the training, the shape, the tactics. Yeah. Harry Redknapp's not really a hands-on kind of coach, as yeah. you would have heard. But no, I, and a lot of people have got... Because he's intense, but because he cares so much, like he's... Sometimes it rubs people up the wrong way. Mm. I had a couple of neck problems that season at Bristol and like I'd be waking up and he went out because he said, you've got to cover your neck up in training. You need one of them snoods and you need to get it covered up. I used to get that when I played. And I was like, all right. And then on the day off, he went round Bristol with his missus to buy me a snood, dragging in all these ski shops to buy me the best one. Spent about 30 quid on a snood, come in the next day, make sure you wear that every day. Drag my missus around Bristol shopping centre all yesterday, buying you one. And he he cares too he cares a bit too much sometimes and it can come across a bit too intense. But I, I thought he was class and that's the first, that's the first, probably the first time he's apart from Clark a little bit. That's the first time he's come up in it. Yeah. What are you in Bristol? Thirty. I've turned Turn yeah thirty. I ended up being there three years. So won the league and then they give us a new contract again with something in that I had to make appearances, but it all had to be league now yeah. and it went up another seven appearances. But I still did it again and then got. Steve Cottrell got the sacks, which I, was, I thought was a bit unfair at the time. <clears throat> so is your, is your, is your missus happy still, with everything? Yeah, or I'm still... Not happy, but you know what I mean? Were you thinking about coming... Were you thinking of a move come up north? I'll go. To be fair, I wasn't, because I was enjoying it so much down yeah. there. And Bristol's like a class place to live. I had, a, I had an apartment right in the city centre. So like any nights out, the boys are all back to mine before and after. <laughs> well, that, that year in Bristol when we won the league, with League One with all them lads who I've spoke about, we were out like three, four times a month. On the, like, it's Lance, like we Lance were together. Knows. We were known throughout London, Newcastle. Oh, fuck, them boys are out every week, but we were top of the league. And I remember some Polish bouncer in a club in Bristol going, "You've not won the league yet." In like September, and we all went back in April. And we won it. Like, we have no we, like, <laughs> we, we were well known for, but not not doing it at the wrong times throughout the midweek. Just but on a sat like a couple. So of, a bit of a drinking culture. Yeah. Then. But not not in a bad way, not before training or anything like that. But we had a Saturday, couple of Sunday sessions if we had a Monday off. I remember once we we beat Fulham away, two one. Lee Tomlin scored a free kick. Great player, Tomlin. He's Crack. a bit of an enigma, I think. In it, crackers as well. He's what a bit of an enigma. Yeah, and you know what that means? Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we we had a night out the Saturday. Went out all day on the Sunday because we had Monday off, and then. Lee Johnson was manager now and he was letting us go to Cheltenham on the Tuesday and then I don't know if you've ever seen it but we went we went Cheltenham and my agent had a box and all the Love Island girls ended up coming in and one of them had told a paparazzi to get what box she was in and she flashed the tits on, and a few of the lads like that when she did none of the lads knew she was going to do it and a few of the lads got photo, like, photo as they were looking like 
So all the misses are like, like it was on online straight away. <laughs> but like it was carnage in this box, and my agent had probably invited a, too, a few too many people. And then lads, you know, it's like Cheltenham's all football teams. Lads were texting over lads, get in this box. It's a free yeah. bar. And before you knew it, this box was rammed, and they needed people to get out because it was like health and safety. Too many people, but no one wanted to leave. So <clears throat> every time someone went to the toilet, they weren't letting you back in. So the lads were like fucking dying for piss. So they were pissing in pint glasses on the balcony. Oh, I remember this, mm. yeah. And, was, but, was involved, and they weren't it? throwing them. Like, they were just pissing in pint glasses and laying them down because they didn't want to go for a piss because if they did, they weren't getting back in the yeah. box for the free bar. And it, in the papers, it made out they were pissing and throwing it in Love Island. And it wasn't like that, but we had, um, going off subject a bit, but we had a, we had a group. So we'd done all this Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. And then it got back to Lee Johnson, like, pissed on, like, pissing on the balcony and he, he was fuming that we'd been out Saturday and he pulled me and Lee Tomlin and he was like if you if you ain't doing it after 20 minutes Saturday you's are both coming off like you've been out Saturday Sunday Monday Tuesday it's a joke blah 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 we had Bolton on a Saturday anyway after 20 minutes 2 nil up me and Tom we both scored <laughs> we ended up winning 6-0 so my agents text Lee Johnson fuck you John I've got another box at Chepstow <laughs> <Wednesday, whatever. laughs> but uh, <laughs> Lee Tomlin with, with Lee Johnson was funny because he brought him in on loan from Bournemouth and uh, he smashed it, Tom, like pretty single-handedly kept us up in the league and the fans loved him singing, signing him up and all that and then they give him a three-year deal on big money and I just knew what Tomo was like. I knew he could come in, get a bit comfortable and I, he had a point mm. to prove to Eddie Howe when he came Bournemouth. He wanted to prove everyone wrong on this loan spell. And I just had a feeling when he come back with his three-year bumper deal, he might be a different man. So anyway, he's rock- did he sign? Where did, where did he sign from? Uh, Middlesbrough had been at as well. Did he start? So Kettering? Yeah. He started at yeah, Kettering, Kettering and then... Yeah. Peterborough. One. He was uh, at Peterborough, wasn't he? Yeah, Peterborough Pete, as well, yeah. Kettering to Peterborough. Because I played against got him his for move, Kettering. And then, so he was one of them who was fucking... You know, yeah. Gone up the way. Yeah. And I played, I played against him for Kettering and he was like this little fat kid and he was taking a piss out of everyone. I thought, who's this? And then when I seen him, got at least thinking, that's him from Kettering. And he's an um, in training, he used to chip the keepers about six, seven times a day in training. <laughs> and he used to make this little noise as he did it. Like, hey, giddy, giddy, and he'd just do it. <laughs> and he'd, he'd say oh, that. Do it did, again, do it again, please. <laughs> and no, and as, as, as the keepers were travelling back, you just know it was in every time. He'd, like, he's one of the best I've played of as well, but he's just off his... Like Lee Johnson, when he gave him that deal, he came in Tomo one of the first days of pre-season in a brand new Bentley. And Lee Johnson, like, started a load of League One lads and that. We were in the champ, but Lee, Lee Johnson pulled him and went, Tomo, you can't you can't be coming in. Everyone knows you're the ice paper. You don't have to come in in the best of people's faces. He went, you've got to show an example. You've got to be an example to the young lads and show them that you're staying grounded and staying humble. And he went, Gaffer, I'll let you do that in your old trait Range Rover. And just used to give it the gaffer stuff like that. I'll let you do that in your old trait Range Rover and all the boy. But he'd say it in front of everyone. And then he was a bit heavy, <laughs> oh. Tomo. He'd like 22% body fat and the gaffer wanted everyone around eight, seven. And But like you said about Keith Andrews, thought he was the best in training, best at running. So why did he need to be? So he used to get these nutritionists in and we'd walk in the room and this like little geeky nutritionist would be stood at the front from like the university or something and on the big plasma screen it'd have like Kit Kats and cakes and bags of crisps and Tomo would walk in the meeting knowing it was all aimed at him so he'd walk in and goes oh it's making me feel hungry <laughs> I had three of them last night two of them and he'd like this nutritionist didn't know what to say and like he was just he didn't care like the more things like Lee Johnson used to say Albie 
if Tomo's in your coffee club, get him on the green, because me and Marlon Pat used to be on the green teas and granola. Get him on the green tea and granola with you. Tomo, right? Gaffer said to get on the green tea. Yeah, like, don't be having hot chocolate. No. So he'd sit down, hot chocolate, marshmallows, flakes, loads of cream, Victoria sponge. Go on, <laughs> send the picture to the gaffer. Go on. So, and he'd just off his head, like, he'd, just, he'd send a picture, a selfie to the gaffer with all these marshmallows. And he... You think he, he knew what type he's a lovable another lovable rogue Tom O'Hall I loved him to bits and still do and, but he's probably one of the best he's an unbelievable player and he's still he'll smash it for Cardiff this season if he keeps like looking after himself Yeah, it's mad from your point of view though when you're saying you were 31 you know you might yeah. this and yeah. that and then yeah. now we're 37 playing to the championship team yeah it was meant and like if you look from like 18 to 31 level of play that money I earn is so much more less than 31 to 40 look for it. it's just mental how it's yeah. happened because mm. it doesn't usually happen that way mm. we've had a few on mate with Holty and that yeah mm. but obviously the, the games the games there's more money got in the game and stuff yeah. but you were a, like a, not a journeyman but you were just a a normal footballer yeah. weren't you yeah if you know what I mean yeah and I think get you get someone like Paul Lambert who gives you a chance like that and your stock goes up then like when I was coming out of Norwich I was still the same Aaron Wilbraham but coming out of a Premier League team we've just finished 11th and the manager's yeah, yeah. raving about me to whoever rings him so that's helped me massively <clears throat> and I, like he, I like to think I grafted from the age of 18 to 31 and worked hard at these lower league clubs and you get rewards and it is that as well but you do need a bit of luck as well obviously yeah. Paul Lambert mm-hmm. giving me that chance getting the right the, manager at yeah, the right time the, as well. the promotions with with yeah. Norwich and Palace and then to go Bristol at 34 and the fans were like signing a 34 year old we want to get back up to the champ why are we signing a 34 year old like scored 21 got promoted back up to the champ so answered the questions mm. I've always kind of think my like a lot my father-in-law says about me like when I sign for a team the fans are a bit like oh but by the time I leave the buzz they love me yeah, and yeah. that's where that's how that's the kind of relationship I've had everywhere I've been I've not been an exciting signing that everyone's raving about. Yeah. But by the time they've seen me go, and they've seen like, I'm a team player and stuff, and I'll give it like hundred percent whenever I play. Then I think I end up, and I've managed to have good spells. If you think of the Norwich Palace and the Bristol, the promotions, but then even at Bolton having that bit of history, mm-hmm. we're keeping them. Like, and, I don't know. And then obviously to to Rochdale the last two years being a massive part of them staying up to in the last ten games of last year, I've managed to just. Timing wise, yeah, just time, the out. timing's yeah. been good. Worked out really, really good. How was Phil Parkinson for you? Found him a bit strange, to be honest. Snap. Yeah. Fucking just snap. Not re- didn't really have a good togetherness from the players and the staff. Totally, Separate. like, yeah, just no one really knew what he was thinking. He, whenever you went and seen him, he couldn't really look you in the eye and he'd just be He's quite... He's got a lot of charisma, bless him, has no, he? Do you no. think he was more on the side of the ownership rather than the yeah, players? Yeah, but then he, like, he'd make out to the players that Ken Anderson was driving him crazy because he couldn't like have a relationship with him. But then it seemed like, if that was me as manager there, I'd use that as, all right, it's us versus them. They're not going to back us yeah. financially. Yeah. Whether it's us Let's prove got, them. Yeah, but it, it still was a big gap between us and him. And I think when when I scored that goal, like he'd, he'd not give me a chance all season and Gary Medine was playing and doing well. So I had no problem with it. But when Gary Medine went to Cardiff in, in February, January, yeah, January, February, January, February, that transfer window, yeah, for like six mil, 
I thought I'll get my chance now because I'm the only other target man left at the club and he, he tried every formation to not do it with me just in Gaz's place and we ended up losing loads on that and we found ourselves in that bottom three going into the last couple of games yeah. when we had not we had a good squad there we still had a good championship squad and I, I think that was down to the way Phil Parkinson not saying because he left me out but he, he could have done different things with the squad he had and he just was a bit stubborn to do it and then the Burton game second second to last game of the season we played Burton away and I just had a feeling he's going to play me it's like my type of game like battle they were down in the bottom and it was like whoever won out of us two had the Which, advantage yeah. to stay up in the last weekend and he put me on the bench again and like we're 2-0 down at half time and I was warming up on the pitch and Bolton fans were running on the pitch going why the fuck's he not putting you on like we're getting to put you on I was like I don't know <laughs> and then we lost 2-0 and everyone's like right we're down and then that week something just changed in training did a bit of shape and I was in it and I was thinking are you going to play him yeah in this game no like when we're we needed to win and Barnsley and Burton both to lose but to be fair they were playing Preston away and Derby away who were going for the playoffs so yeah. we had a chance of them yeah. give, doing it right they weren't going to toss the last game of the season off so I was thinking he's going to like stick it all on me now like like do you know after not really giving me a chance yeah. all season but I was relishing it thinking yeah and I'll go back to the you must have looked after yourself in training every every day because if the manager had yeah. thrown me in at that situation, yeah. not playing for six weeks, eight weeks, I'd have been a fucking yeah. sack of shit. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, think... I, I, I really would. <laughs> not, you not, said it about an hour ago. Not, eh? <laughs> but not from not trying in training and everything, I would have just been a sack of yeah. shit. I think a couple of times I could have lost my head and been like, fuck this. But I, there's something in me that won't let me do that. Mm. I've come home to the missus a thousand times and gone, right, fuck him now. I am tossed that fuck it. But I can't. I go in training next day and I can't do it. Start again. Yeah. I can't. I, there's something in me what won't let me sack things off or just toss it off. Like, not even care. Like, not not do the fullest sprint I can do if we're doing sprint. I don't know. It's just something in me what's not let me do it. And then. I think that's why the fact that you're still playing at 40. Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. That attitude is the fact that you're still playing at 40. Yeah. Mm. I think so, yeah. So then when you, you're on the. Team sheet. Yes, I'm on the team the sheet, and he's dropped Adam Lafondro, who's our top goal scorer. So all the fans are fucking moaning, like groaning around the stadium that I'm starting when it's getting announced, <laughs> and I'm thinking, fucking cheers, lad. You know, in a way, I was like, do you know what? It's my last game. I'm out of contract. Can't do nothing to affect it. I'm going to be affecting it. Like I'm, I'm just going to give it my best game. Like I was saying the day before to people because the last game was on a Sunday. And I was saying like, I'm going to end up scoring it, wouldn't it? I just had a, I just had a feeling. I woke up in the morning. I was like. Tops coming off of a score, saying it's missing. <laughs> I just had, I had it in my head. I was, it was going to happen. And then I remember first half, I, uh, I scored a goal. It got disallowed. I hit the bar, missed the chance, and I was thinking, fucking hell. Half time, it was nil nil. And I remember being in the toilets, washing my face, and I just, I looked in the mirror, and I'm not. What are you trying to do? Get the dust off. <laughs> straight in the, straight get in the, the hair dust off. back up. Yeah, but I was like, I remember looking in the mirror, and I'm like, I'm not a massive religious person at all. And uh, I believe, like, loved ones who pass away, like my dad and that looks down on me, looks yeah. after me. I think I believe in stuff like that. There's something up there. But I remember looking in the mirror and going, Dad. And I said it out loud. I was like, Dad, Nana, I need you. I remember saying it out loud. I was only in there on my own. And I said it. Then I went out second half. And Adam LaFondra put come on with me up front, put us 1-0 up. And I just had a feeling that's not the end of it. Then Forrest equalised and then went, bang straight away 2-1 up and the whole stadium just went flat but I was like fuck that it's not over yet and it was about 11 minutes left and we're 2-1 down but we knew Bert we whispers that Burton and Barnes were both losing so like come on come on 
Wheat's got a deflected goal in the 86th minute to all my thinking, come on, come on, it's not over. And then 88th minute, long kick from Mark Howard, got released at the end of that season. Flick on by Carl Henry, got released in that season. <laughs> Into the path of Adam LaFondre, who went end of that season as well. And I just remember running into the box with the Nottingham Forest right back and he's had a little look to check him at the back stick and he's thinking he's marking me well and as he's looked back that way I've just darted into that space and if the ball goes there I've got a chance and he's just put it there and I just remember it's seeming like it took about 20 seconds to get to me and then I've just watched it all the way and then when it went in I've just and Shut short time shirt off did you take your shirt off yeah oh, it did took it? me about five minutes to get it. I was trying to not mess my hair up <laughs> yeah. uh, but it took me about five it's minutes it's not like he'd been that pity shirt it was fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking dust everywhere Derek Williams Derek Williams come to the game and he's got everyone was rubbing me head no one I scored I looked stop I like it stop stand. it I looked like the stand. there was no air left but Derek Williams got a picture of it and I'm like if you ever let that picture get out of <laughs> <laughs> terrible but uh no it was just it was just and I remember the game like two minutes to go just keep it tight and like the whole stadium was up and so Barnsley and Burton done then weren't they, they, well, they were, were losing 2-0 yeah they? but we you don't know it on the pitch do you yeah. you've heard whispers but you don't know for sure so I the whistle went and I looked over at our bench like have we done it kind of I'm over the other side of the pitch and I can see some people like this but I can see some people asking the question so I don't know and as I turn that way, there's about 3,000 Bolton fans, like a stampede, just fucking coming towards me. And I just went bump with them all. And next minute, I'm up on someone's shoulders and it's like bump the pit light. I've got pictures. I mean, it's like, it's, and then obviously I knew we'd done it. And then it was just <laughs> our that talk. One the, that one of the, the best feelings in your career? Definitely, yeah. I think the goal on my debut against City. Against all odds. Yeah, but that that, just because so much pressure on that game and like needing the other two to lose and it's a proper great escape kind of thing and just and after not being given a sniff yeah, all season and them, them lads three weeks earlier Wilbram you shit and I yeah. thought and someone had tweeted on the morning of that game like if Alan Wilbram scores a goal to keep us up I'll get a tattoo of him on my face so after the game I've got on my face <laughs> so, that's fucking sorry, that's no, probably bolted sorry, that. sorry a tattoo <laughs> of his face on me like a tattoo of him on me so not on his face yeah so my little brother and that are tweeting him like, go on then you fucker, get the get the tattoo, get the like everyone's getting on him after the game. So I went Vegas with the boys, uh, Mark Little Stag do, and while I'm over there, I'm getting these messages off our media team. He's agreed to get a tattoo of you. Are you all right to come into the tattoo parlour when he's having it done? And I said, well, I'm in Vegas. When she was like, when are you back? I said Tuesday. She's like, right, I'll get him <laughs> to have it done Tuesday. Then and you can walk in, uh, and we'll get Sky there and all that. So I've walked in. I want to see this chirpy little bastard who's said that and I've walked in and it's just like a little skinny lad and he's like I've walked in and he's like oh, he's a bit wary I'm like alright mate and like I'm still a bit steaming from Vegas and that but he's got this tattoo full of his my face on his calf with the full calf <laughs> I, I got released about five days later he's got a tattoo yeah. on his it's a lovely the, face man but you don't want it on your fucking no. calf did they tattoo you with the powder or without the powder <laughs> I think they just got a picture off Google and luckily yeah, it was one with a strong fully but, seasoned no nah, but like after that and um it was just a mental summer. Like there was a few tattoos knocking about Wilbraham '88 on because the '88 minute on someone's chest. About yeah. six or seven tattoos. Mark Little on our stag do. He he was on however much a week, and he would have got a fifty percent cut if I hadn't scored that goal. Weeks wouldn't have got his extra year yeah. if they weren't in the championship. There was loads of lads like oh, but, and lits on his stag do. I I've gone home after this pool party and get a quick hours kit before the night time. Lits has come in me 
in my bedroom. He's in a girl's dress. He swapped clothes with some girls at the pool party. He's in a girl's dress and he's got a uh, bandage over his leg. And like his best man, like he's, one of his mates from back home, he's brought with him his best man. The rest of us are footballers and his best man's like, Albert, you want to see this? You want to? So I'm like, what have you done? He's like, don't matter what I've done, mate. Don't matter what I've done. Where's my phone? You got my phone, aren't you? I'm like, Litz, what have you done, mate? His mates ripped this bandage off. He's got massive on his leg, Wilbraham 88. Like, you got me another year. It's got Wilbraham 88. One of the lads, like, so that's tremendous. He'd done that as well, but it was just a mad, mad summer. But then you left your mark. With going back to Phil Parkinson, like I, I had a great summer, and I, I seen like Carl Henry been released, uh, Mark Howard, and they put it in the papers. They released like seven or eight. I'm thinking, right, surely I'm going to get some here like, after scoring that goal because Phil Parkinson, the last day, was like, you've saved everyone's job. I'll be the grounds every. And everyone's like, another year then, Gaffer, he's getting another year. And he's like, it's already been spoke about in there. Because like Ken Anderson was in there all buzzing and that. Oh, so yeah. I was like expecting it. And the fact, so that the thing that they'd left it till about the 7th of June, like that's late to let you know if they're not going to, especially when you've scored that goal. Yeah. And the other lads who've been released have been told 15th of May, something. So I'm saying to the missus, they'll give me another year. They might try and release, like reduce my money because I'm like 38, 39, but... I'm telling you, they'll, they'll give me another year. Yeah, I'll have something there. Yeah. So I met Phil Parkinson in the Hale Barnes Marriott, no near the airport. And so I've met him, walked in, and he's he's just gone. I'll be. I've been ringing Ken Anderson for the last six weeks. He's just on a boat in Monaco, ignoring me calls. So I think it's best I just say thanks for everything, all the best. I just want to shake my hand like that. Fucking hell, went, man! I was like, what is that? It gaffer? They're not offering me anything. He was like, I can't get hold of him. Like what? And what he is telling me to offer you, I don't even want to embarrass you. He's telling me to give you 500 quid a week, send time to embrace you as a coach, like, encourage you to be a coach. And I don't want to do that. You, you get better than that. So I'm like, nah, Gaffer. I was like, Gaffer, I don't feel like you've fought my corner at all there. So mm-hmm. he's like, what do you mean? I said, you've told me I've scored the goal to save everyone's jobs at the club, blah, blah. And I said, if I, if I was you and I had a player like me who you'd bombed all season, not given a sniff, and then put all the pressure on in that last game to do something, and I've done it, and you've just turned up and said thanks for everything shut me on and I was like nah and he was like oh, I'll be you not rate him oh I was fuming sat in my car for about 45 minutes and Ben Alnwick was the first person to ring me he was like what happened what happened told him he was like you're fucking joking and everyone all the lads were fuming like, and I just thought I can't I couldn't believe it so I rang with missus I was like not I could have done anything she's like anything not even rigid I was like nah so I was just devastated like and but in a way, like what what, what happened the next so year? So you're 38 here. I'm 38, yeah. So I'm Any just, thoughts of thinking, right, that's just, that's enough? That's me me. One of my mates was saying, it's a great way to go out, that, that, yeah. that scoring that goal. It's a great, and I'm like, nah, because I still feel like, give. yeah, I'm still training every day. I'm still like loving it. And after the, I played well in that last game and everything. And I remember the fitness coach going on about my stats and my running distance and high speed when he's like, you still keep going, keep going and all that. So I didn't want to stop. And out of stubbornness, especially after that, I was, but it left me a bit bitter. But in a way, I knew I'd left it in a good, as well as, as, yeah, as, well as, as you could. could. And the fans were loving it and that. And But then to see what happened the next season, like Ken Anderson kind of, he, had, he got yeah. away with it that season by mm. surviving last I thought he would have given it a go that following season. And he just what, stopped paying the players. Mm. So in a way, it was probably a good thing. That yeah. was, but you wouldn't have got paid anyway. Yeah. Maybe I'd give you a new contract. No. And then obviously went to Rochdale and it was just, uh, and enjoyed like great set of lads. Total bit like, Keith Hill. Keith Hill. Keith Hill, yeah. signed yeah. at Rochdale. And, he was like crackers, like as well. Another like madman. 
and we had our after training you'd have the food on a paper plate on your knee in the dressing room so total different like you know what I mean I've been at these Prem and Bristol yeah. facilities you don't mind yeah. it don't, no no don't mind it do you it's just what it is isn't it yeah and I think it helps the young'uns as well yeah mm. it grounds the young'uns yeah it does uh, so you're back to basically where you were yeah. Back to from Stockport days, yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, that sort so of. So I've gone full circle, and then I'm good. And you still enjoy the it? training's really good, like, and and no, I, I am enjoying it. Like, and obviously turning forty a couple of weeks, I had all the boys come to me. Benjamin Button, yeah. Man, you I, just I, keep going? You, I just now feel like feel the boys about. have called me Peter Pan for like the last seven years. <laughs> like, my of. missus calls me that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just I've all, I think. I don't really at my age either. I've always been a bit, but I think that's football, isn't it? When you're in the dressing yeah. room with all these young lads, like these lads in the dressing room now, 16, 17 year olds, and same age as the mum and dads and that, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. But <laughs> all, yeah. and like, they, I'm asked some of them, like, oh yeah, my mum's 38, my dad's, I'm like, it's just mental to think that I'm in the same dressing room as them, but they all like respect me and like, I, I like giving advice to the young boys and showing them where not to obviously go wrong and stuff. And Are you on year by year at the minute now at Rochdale? Yeah. So yeah, one year at a time. So they gave me a new deal in the summer, which I was buzzing with, and you know, just good. And okay. obviously back home, little girls settled in school and everything, so it's perfect. I think as well what you were saying earlier about you learned how to be a man. You know, coming mm. through football as a player and as a person. I think yeah. it's good for you now to be able to do the same with these young yeah. lads. And I enjoy I that side of it. Yeah. Mm. Just last year. I don't know. I want to. You, you got another one in you. All the boys are like, I'll be, you can go to your 45. Come on, 45. 45? 45? Fucking hell. Fucking pillaged it last year. 45, <laughs> I don't know. I think, like, if I feel at the end of the season, I feel now, I'd be stupid to stop because I'm still training every day. I'm still feeling good. And, okay, and I still look. feel like I've always been one that the last couple of years, like, they've tried to manage me a bit better, managing stuff. Like, right, the lads are doing 12 runs. You'll just do eight. I'm like, no, I want to do 12 because I don't want them on a Saturday. I don't want the lads thinking, well, Harvey only does fucking eight runs. He only trains on a Thursday. He doesn't train for Friday. Like, I want them to be able to know I'm good enough to mm. still be in the team because if I'm not doing the me. same as I'm them. Me. So the, the lads are doing 12. You've said, I'm doing eight. And he just do six. <laughs> we'll do six. I'm, fucking, I'm an old man now. Fucking well, leave off, will you? I know, I just... So I think it's that kind That's of... Is, it, is there a better banter? Were you being an old... No, yeah. whoever's original on... Yeah, on. I get battered for my age quite a bit, but, and the salt and pepper and all that. Yeah. <laughs> salt and pepper. That's what they call yeah. Sprinkling it on. It's funny because like, I room with a young lad last week and he was, I was like, Aaron Morley, uh, Rochdale, he's like 19, 20, top lad. Great player as well, but he was rooming with me for the first time and he was like, I was like, oh, you've got your salt and pepper debut in the morning. He's like, what do you mean? I said, when I get out of the shower, mate, looking like Yap Stam, you're going to sprinkle a bit on that back. <laughs> so he's there, like, in the mirror. He's like, all right, I'm like, he's like, Italian restaurant, John. <laughs> he's like, shaking it on, and he's like, I was, and then he's like, rubbing it a bit too. I'm like, oh, you don't rub it too. I pat it in. And he's like, pat it in. And then he's like, uh, he's like, all right, do you want to check it? I know, I'd be fine. And a bit of airspray to lock it in, job done. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have me roomie doing that. Like Jim McNulty's is injured at the moment, so he's me, he's me usual salt and pepper pie. He's chief, chief batter, isn't it? Yeah. I, used like, we, I used to get like the veet you know, on a Friday night. I mean, you don't, you don't want your fucking shower at home, do you? Following yeah, so, yeah, it was so on a Friday show. night, whoever I was rooming with, need to beat me back today. Worst, worst job in football. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, but it, 
So that's uh, that's how you want to feel aerodynamic for the game, don't you? Yeah, fucking hell, <laughs> it took more than fucking shaving me back. <laughs> oh, well, cheers, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, so thank you very much. Right, cheers, mate. Right, I hope you get another. Hope we get another five seasons out of it, job. I think All you've right. got another three-year contract in the locker with somebody. Yeah. No, hopefully. No, cheers for having us on, boys. Anyway. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.